and welcome to the Min Max Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Ana Diaz. Hello. Welcome, Leo Vader. Hello. And welcome, returning champion, freelancer Jill Grote. That's me. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> uh, let's see, the last episode you were on, we were trying to wrap our minds around Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like right at the announce of that one, right? Yeah, um, I think we just watched that Xbox, the first like third party uh, with all the creepy alien weirdness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember that? Remember when that was all we had to talk about with the Xbox was how gross that weird HR Geiger phallus was? And now, <laughs> now we're lost in a sea of console wars. <laughs> weird times. Uh, we have a lot to cover on this week's episode of the Min Max Show. Um, look, it's not the Game of the Year debates. It's not the 210s. But this episode is about 210s. We're making two top 10 lists. One, I thought it was me and you, two tens. Yeah, no kidding, dude. But first is going to be the games we want that don't exist in the game industry. And then the second, we're going to talk a little bit about roguelikes and roguelites and rank the top 10 greatest of all time with the help of the MinMax community. And then, of course, we have fun community questions coming up after that. Um, let's set this table before we dine on a sweet podcast, everybody. If you came here looking for a hot take on the Smash DLC, the new fighter... That is on our YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to, youtube.com slash show. We'll have a reactions video there where we'll talk all about that. Um, and if you're looking for the hottest of hot takes on Crash Bandicoot 4 and Star Wars Squadrons, both out this Friday, you can stay tuned to next week's episode. Um, Leo, rank your interest, speaking of 10s, scale of 1 to 10 for Crash 4 and Star Wars Squadrons. Crash 4, 3, Star Wars Squadrons... 6.5. Okay. And how much of that 6.5 is because of the full VR support? 6. Okay. There it is, everybody. I'm looking forward to both those games a lot. So it should be a fun discussion uh, next week. But this week, it's no slouch, everybody. Um, we should talk a little bit about this game that came out, free-to-play game, came out Tuesday. It has captured the world's imagination. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, presidential debates. They can't stop raving about it. Genshin Impact. This is a free-to-play, open-world, single-player, and co-op game, very inspired by Breath of the Wild, that's kind of, when it was first revealed and PlayStation started pushing it, I feel like everyone was saying, oh, it's that Chinese Breath of the Wild, I don't know what that thing is. Now it's out, uh, Leo and Anna streamed it for the Great Goatee Hunt. Leo, what is this thing, and is it good? Hmm, well, two very different questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it's... Breath of the Wild is the easy point of comparison everybody's been making. It's a very pretty, pastel-y, green and blue open world with you got your combat, you got your elemental combat, you got your fire monsters that you put out with water attacks and what have you. Uh, there's climbing that's like Breath of the Wild, Ooh. but kind of slower and doesn't look as good. And there's gliding, which is like Breath of the Wild, but kind of slower and doesn't look as good. Oh, It's clear there are inspirations here, but what they are doing differently is... R ton of gotcha mechanics so you're uh. buying roles at new characters and uh more dopamine more <laughs> leveling up all the time more picking up 100 million resources more, more waifus more oh. waifus the waifus have been cranked up interesting yeah. yeah i saw somebody on twitter i sent out a poll just asking for uh, people's reaction if you want to take part in these polls by the way you can follow us on twitter it's minmax show on twitter as well uh, just asking what people thought about so far uh, 45.9% say it seems okay so far, uh, and 21% say the free-to-play stuff sucks. 22% say, wow, it's great, 
Um, but Alex Mallory responded to the tweet just saying like, ah, if you expect Breath of the Wild, it's not exactly that. There's a lot of numbers, a lot of meters, a lot of currencies, a lot of gotcha stuff. Like it's, it feels like a very messy version that was inspired by Breath of the Wild in some ways. For sure. I described it on the stream as Breath of the Wild with the creativity cranked down to two and the dopamine cranked up to 10. And I think that <laughs> sums it up for me. It's, it's like it's totally not a bad product as far as how the combat feels and everything, but yeah. it's also hard to not have like a little bit of a, a moral issue with it. It's a little bit of like taking Breath of the Wild, which I consider to be a really like wonderful piece of art that has had a great impact on our industry and kind of uh, using it for ill-gotten gains. But, I mean, if you're looking for a free-to-play game, it's on PC, PS4, mm -hmm. iOS. Like, Anna, do you think it's a good alternative for folks? Um, I mean, okay, on the gotcha, like, speaking to that, I was sort of poking around, and it looks like folks have gotten through, like, 20 hours of the game without, like, needing to, like, roll any characters. That's and so, crazy. like, obviously they're trying to get folks to play longer than 20 hours, but I think, like, as far as, like, a free-to-play game goes, and, like, it's, like, you know, it's free, it can be played on a whole bunch of things, and, like, if you can get, like, 20 hours of gameplay without, like, feeling the pressure to roll or like to pay anything extra. I mean, that's, that's a good value. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think it looks pretty too. I just played like through the opening essentially, but you know, you got your stamina, you got your climbing. That's kind of some of the breath of wild stuff, but visually it's on PC. I think it looked great overall. Uh, so it's weird to see this is the year where the breath of the wild inspired games are coming out in full force. And by that, I mean, we have two with yeah. immortals, the Phoenix rising Ubisoft game. And yeah. now this, it's like, okay, it's nice to see the industry take from the greatest on the, uh, on the stream. I want it. I coined the term wilds like, um, and I good. think it's a great, I think it's a great term because <laughs> um, it's so confusing. Cause we don't know if we're talking about breath of the wild, uh, outer wilds, or ever wilds. That's a perfect term. Um, nice and confusing. So I just <laughs> love the idea of coining a completely useless term. So <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Trending. Uh, Leo, any chance you're going to keep playing Genshin Impact? <laughs> I uninstalled it already. All right. <laughs> I might keep dabbling around. I just want to understand it. It's such a weird game to have like on PS4. It feels like a very PC game. So it's amazing that mm -hmm. Sony had that partnership, but it's going to be coming to Switch later as well. But um, hey, Jill, how are you? What yep. have you been up to? I'm doing I'm doing good. Uh, it's early in the morning here, not so much there. Uh, but um, I'm ready. I'm bright. I'm bushy. I'm feeling good. Wow. Uh, since I was last here, I started as a gaming news writer for Screen Rant, so that's good. Oh, congratulations. What is that like? Yeah. Uh, it's fun. I mean, it's funny because writing news for Game Informer and writing news like for other places, you have to get out of some habits that you have like because uh, things are just different uh, it's just a different way of doing things they have like all these it's always the little back things that the people don't stuff. see yeah yeah mm -hmm. here's Speaking what I, of cats <laughs> oh i thought that was a snake um <laughs> here's what i've noticed about screen rant they all have a very good headline they're very good at tweeting out uh, very catchy headlines then I'll click into the story, and usually the first two to three paragraphs are just backstory nonsense. I have like trained myself to scroll down to like, okay, the core of this news story is going to be about paragraph four. What, what's going on there? Oh. There is literally like a structure that we write in. 
So like that is a difference between Game Informer and like Screen Rant specifically is there is a structure that you are supposed to go through and make sure that people have background information so that no one like you're not supposed to be writing for the like the Ben Hansons of the world who know everything. So oh, you're supposed fresh. to be like <laughs> But Screen Rant's audience like non gamers? Like is that actually serving Well, <laughs> I mean sort of because I mean Screen Rant attracts people f- primarily for like TV and like mm. yeah. movies and that sort of thing. So they kind of want to make sure that we're not thinking that that's the exact audience. Yeah. Yeah. Is it nice to be completely out of the freelance game? Or are you still doing some freelance on the side or is it all screen rant? Like I, I would be doing freelance, but 2020 is a hard year. Um, so it is kind of nice to have that day to day checklist to have right. to kind of keep you settled. And I want to keep doing things, but uh, a lot of things fall through and you can't meet with people and you can't go to conferences and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's going to be a tough time to be a freelancer. I can't imagine. Um, hey, Anna, uh, in our Monday meeting, um, you brought up like, hey, we should really stream Among Us. The game yeah. from 2018, the social deception game that has risen through the ranks and it's still dominating Twitch, dominating discussion. And... A part of me was like, I don't know if we should. Everybody's streaming among us, but it's just a good I reminder. I pitched it like, hard. I pitched it I hard. I know, like, just do the popular thing, and it turns out it's a great time. So we streamed it. Uh, it'll be up on our YouTube channel uh, probably by the time you're listening or watching this. We had a huge group. We had nine people of friends of MinMax. It was fun to have, like, this collection of a lot of folks. Imran Khan joined us. Jason Daphnis, producer of the Crossfade podcast. A couple of guests from Refreshed. It was a good time. Um, I, among Us is so... Strange. I'm trying to think of another example where just a game from like two years ago can suddenly explode like this. Has it ever happened in the industry? Uh, what's that one? Uh, the shooter, the shoot mania. Tarkov. Oh, Tarkov. Yeah, but even that's like still early access. You know, at least there's some build up to it. But just the idea of this Among Us was out, came out 2018. They were working on the sequel. Now Among Us has blown up because of Twitch and now they've canceled the sequel because they're like, well, just keep updating Among Us. But I love that like Game Informer just posted a review for it. Like, I think that's a very fun idea. Just like, you know what? We missed this game in 2018. Now let's actually slap a number on this sucker. Um, yeah, I think a- it's going to be a mix up with uh, Goaty lists this year, to be honest. It's going to get gonna like- messy. Yeah. But uh, Anna, I take it you love the game based on your reactions to the stream last night? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's so fun. I grew up playing like mafia style games. So like whodunit, um, like in non-video game formats. Right. Um, and as far as like video games go, there's another one called Project Winter, which is like kind of similar, but like harder to learn, more complex, more expensive. And so... I think it was like super exciting to see like this more accessible game like take off. Um, and it's fun because like it answers, you know, with Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing blew up and there are a lot of people who are interested in it, wanted to get into it, bought switches to play Animal Crossing. But for Among Us, like it is actually bringing in like so many new sort of like gamers, um, at least to video games, because like they can just download it on their phone. And so like it's I've been free, yeah. like it's fantastic it's so lovely i'm like i want to take everyone in (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm with you like i love social deception games i mean with every round of game informer interns we played avalon jill we played with you right yeah okay good like yeah i love avalon i like secret hitler and so among us it seems tailor-made for me there's a level that's inspired by the thing it's like oh it's everything i need 
I don't think I love it. And I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm just being a snob. Leo, where do you stand on Among Us? I think there's a lot great about it. I think the mini games are super cute and it's a great idea to have all these different little tasks that everybody's doing. And yeah. I love how accessible it is and getting people on board to play an online deception game is like so cool and so perfect for right now, obviously in quarantine. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I don't think it's the most mechanically interesting deception game I've played as far as how the discussions go. It feels like they're always kind of, it's a lot of uh, just being the most convincing without having a ton to go on. <laughs> That's it. I don't <laughs> think it's totally that? fun. Why but. would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were all nailing it last night. I feel like, yeah, I never have, and this is probably just, you know, being a rookie, but I never have great data to go off of. I have, I never see something that's good ammo. Like every discussion, I feel like I have nothing to contribute. It was like, somebody ran by me two minutes ago. I don't know what hallway I was in. Sorry. And again, I'm probably just being an idiot, but Anna, have you played enough to get to the point where you feel like you're able to dial things in, actually know what to look for, know how to trick people? So Here's what I'll say is that um, the game is um, at times it's interesting because it's bringing in a lot of people, but it is deceptively hard and that like you need to play a little while to sort of like, again, like be cued in to looking for the right things. Like right. Leo, you, I looked back at the VOD. I'm sorry. You did vent that one time. So you did <laughs> okay. come out of nowhere. So like, but that's something. At it's that like, point, I, I didn't even know that monsters were the only ones who could vent. Yeah. Yeah. So... Like, but that, for example, was like, I only saw him on my screen for like a split second. And it it was like, oh, okay. Like there's no, I knew the map. So I knew there was no other way that he could get there. Um, So it's like, okay, obviously he's the imposter. Um, Or I have a pretty good hunch that he's an imposter. First, like two days of playing, I would not have gotten that. Um, And it is like one of those games that it can be hard to um, play with folks who have been playing it more or, um, you know, the game is best played with equal sort of skill level and like everyone knows each other IRL right um, right is what I'd say is best yeah and I think that's part of it is like knowing them from the real world too because I feel like playing so much so so many social deception games when you're all in the same room it helps so much and so like Mm -hmm. just going over discord it's like well Mm -hmm. Leo's been quiet for 30 seconds I guess that's damning whereas before I could see him sweating like a banshee over there yeah (laughs) mopping his brow yeah exactly and the audio is funny because um sarah pods was like oh wow anna like you're such a good liar teach me how to lie but like (laughs) i can lie with my voice but not with my face and so if we were in person everyone would like see me smiling and like giggling and like (laughs) you know Uh, but on discord i feel like i have like a a layer of protection so i'm like okay i'm gonna be super sneaky right right Mm -hmm. i uh it made me want to go back and play the game from jackbox party pack six which was push the button which i love push the button and i I don't like like push the button oh why not um it is too hard to learn (laughs) um i think it is actually harder to learn than among us i agree Um, that, that could be. So I like the idea of you're answering questions, though, and then you have to come up with a reason for like, wait, I know that person did not answer that the way that they should. So they're a little bit off. And some of the rules and logic, like where it flips who's getting what prompts can get a little bit messy at times. But I feel like I've had a much better time in that very Avalon style playing push the button. And I hope that game is getting a little bit of a resurgence as well, too, instead of just among us. I don't know. Yeah, I do love push the button. I for sure. I think it is a little more complicated and certainly one of the more complicated Jackbox games. Yeah, for sure. Introducing it to a group, but I that has some great payoffs. I love when somebody gets caught like having to pitch why they're 
favorite show is Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that actually reminds me of the Jackbox 40 Pack 7. It's coming out, I think, October 15th. It's coming out soon, so hopefully we can stream that at some point soon because I've been in the dark on this one. I don't even know what's going to be in there, so it'll be fun kind of going in blind to what they have queued up and how much they've adapted the development for quarantine if they've been pushing online even more, but they've already been doing a pretty good job of that over the last several. But um, Okay, uh, Jill... We normally wait until Thanksgiving for giving thanks to the game industry, but you know what? In a backhanded kind of way, that's what this episode's about. Because just thinking about like all the Hail Marys that we've received in the game industry, things that people have been clamoring for for decades that we have actually got, like a quick list, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy VII Remake, even going back to like Sonic Mania, Rock Band 4, <laughs> Shinmu 3, a good Tony Hawk game, a Pokemon Snap sequel, Mega Man 11 if you want to throw it in there, Prince of Persia remake, I know that's controversial, a new Battletoads, a new Skate. I feel like these amazing projects that everybody's been screaming about, a lot of them have happened and it started to make me think about what's left to want in the game industry. What are like the big things that have not been announced that people are demanding. And I thought it'd be fun if we all work together to make a top 10 list. And so it's going to be us working on this. Also, we have folks in the backstage pass watching us live at that $10 tier. They can watch us create this list as well. Tell us exactly what we're getting wrong, what we're getting right. But the floor is open. Let's just open it wide open here. Like, what do you think is the most desired unannounced thing? The games that we need to exist. I feel like I'm in a group project right now. I know. Like staring at a Google document like, okay. <laughs> what Sorry, do you think? I just interrupted the flow. No, no, you're right. <laughs> what do you think is the most desired thing from the game industry that doesn't exist or hasn't been announced so far? Does anybody have a contender so far? Splinter Cell Stealth Planet. Splinter Cell Stealth Planet. I think that's up there. Just a new... Now, the VR game, does that put a wrinkle in this at all? people won't consider that a real one. It's like how people still want Half-Life 3, right? Right, right. Yeah, and honestly, Half-Life 3, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's cliche and we have Alex and it looks like it's pointing towards a Half-Life 3, but that is still on this list in a big way. I would say there's no question at this point we're getting Half-Life 3. I am totally with you, especially reading the uh, final hours of Half-Life Alex. It seems like everybody in the team's like, well, now we know how to make a Half-Life game, a winky winky that was like, you know, three-fifths of that entire <laughs> final hours thing from Jeff Keighley there. Bye for 20 years. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I was shocked. So I tweeted this out, also posted it in the Patreon-exclusive Discord about what games people want. A game came up repeatedly that I did not see coming, and Anna, I think it's your cup of tea? I'm, I'm going to say Mother 3. Oh! That oh, was not what I was thinking of, not. but yes, Mother 3 actually came up a lot, of course. But Sonic Adventure 3... <laughs> Oh, okay. okay. Came up a shocking <laughs> okay, amount. Okay, another third. <laughs> it's a lot of threes throughout this list, but I was yeah. amazed that there is just this groundswell of, we need Sonic Adventure 3, which might be a good sign of where the game industry is at. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, like, that makes sense. Like, I never thought about wanting that, um, but I have, like, gone to, you know, back to play Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, like, multiple times and it is like one of my favorite games of all time yeah, so like a lot why of people. not yeah you're not alone uh okay people in the backstage pass travis brinkley has a biggie portal 3 also mm. up there uh mm. oh he lists new rockstar ip that's mm. interesting it's the first time i've seen that 
get brought up. I mean, certainly stuff like GTA 6, I think, deserves to be on this list, even though it's inevitable. Yes? Yeah. I mean, not to throw a wrench in the works here, but are we, is this a list of top 10 sequels? It's interesting. Mm, I think a lot of this, want, when well, you say, I, like, what do you want from the industry? A lot of people are just screaming, I want the sequel slash I want to feel like I'm 11 years old again. Right. You don't right. really know what you want. Well, because with the new IP, too, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. So you can't right. know if it's going to be up your alley until you have it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that um, said, I mean, some people did say, wait, his next game, you know, now that uh, he's gone on Gen Design, split from Sony for Last Guardian, Shadow the Colossus creator and stuff. So would that count on this list? Oida's next mysterious project? Yeah. Great. Sure. I and think then definitely uh, Rockstar's know... new, I, a new IP from Rockstar would count. Then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Rockstar new IP. I know when the Bethesda stuff hit, a lot of people were shouting out uh, Fallout New Vegas 2. Oh, that would probably be a big one. Yeah, you're right, Jill. No I, one yeah, suggested we could just say that. like a Fallout return to the roots. Other than Outer Worlds. But I think Fallout New Vegas 2 is a nice shorthand for exactly what that audience is hoping for. Very yeah, true. Yeah. Totally. Um, right. I mean, Bloodborne 2 has to be a big one. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's cracking, I bet. Top four, top five, something like that. Uh, Pokemon MMO. Yeah. Yes, yes. Sure. That's That's got to okay. be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I have one for me. Please. Specifically, I don't know if that's going to make anyone excited, but I'd like to see Eternal Darkness remake. Remake? Yeah. I know they were trying to do like a sequel at some point and that all went fizzle, but at this point it's a very old game. It's at least a decade old. Yeah, for sure. And there was that spiritual successor that Silicon Knights was trying to get off the ground and kickstart and then it just kind of fizzled out. I don't believe they're actually making that thing. Okay, now no, I don't think so. people in the backstage pass. Now they're speaking my language. Jake mm-hmm. Twitchin has Warcraft 4, which maybe it's not this crowd's cup of tea, but there is that audience out there screaming for Warcraft 4 for another RTS. Uh, Bob Buell, Chrono Break, the legendary sequel to Chrono Cross, or just a new Chrono game. I think that's also just Chrono Break is a nice shorthand for that, right? Uh, uh, I don't know if this counts as being announced, but I know they sort of talked about there would be another Witcher game, but not The Witcher. Does that count? Because mm. it's not. We don't know what the game actually is. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like that's almost like in that GTA Six territory, you know, where it's like there's something with people demanding a game or just craving a game to exist when it's less likely. Whereas like a new Witcher game or a GTA Six, it's like well. We assume it'll happen at some point, you know? But yes. Yeah, I, I feel like if it's just top 10 games we want, then yeah, that line's probably blurry. But I think it is a more interesting list to have the more wild card options. Right. The thing that, you know, when somebody announces, hey, big news coming up, it's like, oh, they're going to announce another 2D Metroid, which I think is on this list. Even though not enough people played, not another, or not another Metroid remake, or Samus Returns, I guess was what Nintendo's version was called. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Where do you think Twisted Metal is on this list? <laughs> a new Twisted Metal. I'd like to see it. I think it's somewhere. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Towards the bottom, that's fine. Uh, Jake Twitchin, Backstage Pass, also has a biggie. KOTOR 3. I think that absolutely deserves a spot. That's a good wild card. Yep. F-Zero. I think Star Fox. <laughs> yep. They're nailing it. They're nailing it. Uh, 
Oh boy. I think another huge contender here. The Mass Effect remaster. Uh, Jeff Grubb on Twitter has been teasing this thing, saying it just got pushed to 2021, but technically not announced, but mm. in theory in the works, right? Uh, um, yeah. I have been thinking, I don't know if the chat has anything to say about this, but like I have been left wanting in mobile games. So like this is more general, hmm. but like I would really like, I don't know, um, like another game like 2048 that's like really fun and really easy to play <laughs> and that I can play on my own time, you so, know? So and adding on the list is just a good mobile game? Yeah, I guess we got good Sudoku. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> which is supposed to be really good. Um, <laughs> good mobile games. Did you ever check out Apple Arcade or like Grindstone, anything like that? Um, I don't have an iPhone then. Oh, no, you're a user. smart person. I see. I see. Uh, okay. Good mobile <laughs> game. Done. For Android, for Anna to play. Okay. For <laughs> on Anna's Anna Droid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think Silent Hill slash Silent Hills. Mm. That's huge contender. Do you all think that there is enough of an outcry for a Metal Gear remake? Like Metal Gear 1 and 2, some sort of Metal Gear remake. There were rumors recently, which I'm a little skeptical about, that it might be happening. Do you think that deserves a slot here? I mean, didn't we get a Metal Gear remake for the PlayStation 3? There's the collection. Well, there's the collection, and then there's the GameCube Twin Snakes remake of 1. But, I mean, I want to see a remake of Metal Gear 1 and 2, the old MSX game, so bad. So I'll just put down Metal Gear remake. Uh, yeah, that's enticing because that's something that they wouldn't really have the chance to screw up that bad if they have that good <laughs> MGS5 engine and the story yeah. and sequences already laid out. Yeah, that's a funny one where, like, you know, I don't know how many people are clamoring for Metal Gear Solid 6 without Kojima at the helm. It's like, ah, this is going to be another yeah. survive territory, but we can remake those games till the end of time and people will buy them. Uh, I'll clamor for that. Hell yeah. Uh, burnout. A new Burnout is... A correct call from people in the chat. Let's see. Here's a tricky one. Alan Wake 2. It looks like it's coming. I mean, they have basically all but said, yes, it is in development right now. I still think it probably should be on this list somewhere. With the new Control DLC, I feel like they are getting so close uh, that it might as well just exist. Mm -hmm. uh, Mega Man Legends 3 still desired out there uh sure. okay and not in this room other than from me a dragon's dogma 2 big contender mm -hmm. let's see i'm going yeah. down the list of things that everybody was screaming about oh socom a new socom there's a fair number of people demanding that which is fun new time splitters new perfect dark those are bundled together in a cute little package new ssx new monster rancher of course anna which i know you have to yeah, get back yeah. to the original ones um final fantasy tactics those fans are clamoring uh Okay, other things people brought up that are big contenders. Yeah, Bloodborne 2. Banjo-Kazooie 3, I think, is a biggie. Mm -hmm. uh, new Advance. Oh, we, had, we did get that with nuts and bolts. 
that is true but i think people you know what they demand uh other stuff Ooh, uh, uh, dead space four this is just four player co-op this time yep split screen no doubt about it bully 2 i think is a contender for yeah, the top 10 that would be high up for me okay great 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 um there's a lot of things like you know a new golden sun new act razor yeah dino crisis those fans <laughs> are, there's a lot more contenders on this list than i expected i know yeah. it's crazy when you start to go through this left for dead 3 oh my gosh uh obviously the hunger games battle royale um we all know that's coming any day now titanfall <laughs> 3 yeah, you think that we've got everything we could possibly need, but there's a lot of these dormant things. Even like a remake of Final Fantasy VI, some people were demanding a remaster of Crisis Core, which I think is a great call. Scalebound to come back. There's those fans out there. Jack and Daxter, new Jack and Daxter. I don't think that's cracking the top ten. New Turok, I don't think it's cracking the top ten. Skies of Arcadia fans. God. In terms of like making dreams come true since Shenmue 3. I feel like Sega, Skies of Arcade has got to be the top of that Sega pile now, right? Yeah. Ooh, new Power Stone people in the chat. Ninja Gaiden. Dang it, Ninja Gaiden, I forgot about you. It has been a while. Okay, let's try and figure out this top 10. We could keep adding these things all day. What is a lock in your mind, Jill? No doubt on this top 10 list of most desired games. Uh, Bloodborne 2. Absolutely. I think that is correct. Um, Let's just move that to the top of the list. Anna, what do you think is a lock? Uh, this is, I don't know if this is too personal, but I feel like there is a larger thing behind it. Mother 3. Like, I think Mother 3, yes. If you look at every time Nintendo tweets something about a stream, yeah. people will demand Mother 3. I think that's absolutely yeah. a lock. Leo? And that's a good, like, we have no clue whether it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Right. It is a right. very tie wish. And it's just it's just the port, right? That's all we want. We're not looking for a remake of Mother yeah, 3 and GBA. Game Boy Advance version. Yeah, just give us the Game Boy Advance version. We'd be totally fine. <laughs> oh, Dreams 2 suggests the chat. That is true. Mm. Well, so <laughs> Actually, Dreams on PC is a contender, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the Dreams and Dreams. I'm looking for the <laughs> next one. Leo, what do you think is a lock on here? Bully 2, for sure. Okay. I think that's true. Now, where did I put that one is the question. Well, Third from the bottom. Perfect. Um, I think I think Mass Effect Remaster is yeah. is nearing that fever pitch outcry at this point. I think that's a lock. Uh, any other locks people see that we should move up to the top ten? KOTOR I, 3? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Some sort of return to KOTOR. I, I want to throw up that uh, Pokemon MMO too. I know, like, I'm just imagining the like, and one more thing, and people going crazy over that. Yeah, and it's so weird because they're inching towards it. You know, they have the wild yeah. areas in Sword and Shield. It's like, well, it's yeah. an openish area, and you can technically play with other people, but not quite. And remember in the Nintendo Giga Leak when there was like that slideshow for pitching a Pokemon MMO on what was it, it was on the GameCube? Or is it on PC, but it interacted with the Game Boy Advance and they pitched it for the Chinese uh, system, the Q. Anyways, that's a deep cut. But they have talked about it. They are aware this is a demand. 
Well, this doesn't matter for this list, but would they be put off by, you know, they still see Pokemon as a thing. I guess that's supposed to be at least very kid friendly. And I know they're always worried about their online interactions. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it that's is a, good point. a concern. But they yeah. do have that Pokemon um, League game now. Like that was announced and that's going to be online. Oh, um, Pokemon Unite? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, we haven't heard about uh, that thing in a yeah, while. Yeah, I don't know if that still exists. <laughs> okay, uh, people in the backstage pass, let us know. Oh, yes. Okay, so Travis Brinkley is screaming PT. Yes, I think Silent Hills. Yeah. Slash just PG. a new Silent Hill. Playable game. <laughs> let us know what demands to be on that top 10 list, backstage pass. I think Splinter Cell is, is cracking that top 10. It's wanted. It's- it, I, there was an interesting quote from somebody who works on the on blacklist about like play testing that game where they had all these different play styles of like 90% of testers doing the assault play style and not doing stealth at all. Oh really? Yeah. So I don't know if that's misinformation to turn us against each other, but I feel like that's (laughs) (laughs) maybe the demand for stealth is not enough to warrant it. Can you imagine if they release new splinter cell and it's just an action game? Like stealth is not even an option. Like, look, we looked at the data. You can't yell at us. We're giving you what you actually want here. Everybody winter sell out that's right <laughs> i think has the half-life 3 fervor died down with the release of half-life alex do you think half-life 3 is cracking the top 10 or is it just it is the beloved it is the classic and it has to be on this list i feel like it's kind of died down i think it has too i, I yeah. don't know if it deserves a place in the top 10 at this point it is a quintessential thing that people have wanted and never got for decades. Yeah? You're saying that makes it deserve a spot on the list? I don't know. I, may, I guess probably maybe not right now. I don't know how many people really were really excited for Half-Life Alex, but didn't buy a VR for it. Right. And are right. still like, yeah. I haven't done a Half-Life thing. Yeah. And just like the generation of gamers now, how many people have never actually interacted with half-life i think a lot of that number yeah. is large i think fallout new vegas 2 should be on this list yeah and the last slot we can still fudge this if people in the backstage pass are demanding we should uh, you know shift it around so the option we have one slot left and we have half-life 3 sonic adventure 3 portal 3 chrono break 2d metroid f-zero and burnout i feel like i know what it is. But mm. what do y'all think? Hmm. Okay, Jill's shaking her head. Uh, she's saying no to all of these games existing, which I think is a bold it's take. It's so hard because we have to pick one and that means all the rest of them are gone. <laughs> now they're um, never going to happen. For yeah. me, it's Titanfall 3 out of the rest of these. Ooh. But do you think... The demand for Titanfall 3 outweighs, the outcry for it Definitely outweighs not. a 2D Metroid. Yeah, that's what I don't think it outweighs anything. Yeah. I think anything 2D Metroid. I think 2D Metroid is going to be on this top 10. Like another 2D Metroid. No? If people wanted it, wouldn't they have played Metroid Samus Returns? Yeah, but it looked a little bit worse on the 3DS, and yeah, we all owned a system, and yeah, we all say we love Metroid, but that isn't exactly what we're looking for. I feel, yeah, I feel like Nintendo feels gaslit about this whole 2D Metroid (laughs) thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, is that is that the top ten? Are we just ranking these now? I'm fine with that. All yeah. right. Oof, Colonel Break not making the cut. That's tough. F zero. God, actually, between I'm okay with F zero not being on there. Well, I'm just trying to think. Wider internet screaming. Is yeah, it F zero or more or two D Metroid? I think two D Metroid probably takes it. Of those two, for sure. Okay. Oh boy. If we're judging, if this is internet decibel level, this list, maybe we need to reevaluate it. I think it is internet decibel level. It's our read of internet decibel level. Yeah. I, I think this is solid. Okay. What, how do we rearrange these 10 now? Right now, for the folks at home, the list is Bloodborne 2, Mother 3, Bully 2, Mass Effect Remaster, KOTOR 3, Pokemon MMO, Silent Hills, Splinter Cell Stealth Planet, Fallout New Vegas 2, and 2D Metroid. I think my own read for internet decibel level, I think Mass Effect Remaster is high up on this list. Am I yeah. Am I too yeah. partial to that? Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's one or two. I, okay, yeah. great. I think if Mass Effect Remaster is one, I think Bloodborne 2 is two. I think... Yeah. I think I think I think that's right. I think that's right. Bully two, God love ya. I think it's pretty far down this list of top ten at least. Yes, he's just erased it. <laughs> I think uh, Silent Hill, I think is above Mother three. Anna, you can take a swing at me at any point here. Um. I mean, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I think... I think the MMO is lower, yeah. Mm. The Pokemon. Because I think I think because of Temtem, people are like, oh, maybe this is a little too chaotic. Oh! Yeah. Like, I think people mm. want Pokemon MMO, but I think that the shine of it is... has worn off. Shine right. about the apple? Yeah. yeah. I, that could mm-hmm. be. All right, what do y'all think of the list as it stands now? Mass Effect Remastered number one, Bloodborne 2 number two, Silent Hills, Mother 3, KOTOR 3, Splinter Cell, Fallout, New Vegas 2, 2D Metroid, Pokemon MMO, Bully 2. Fallout New Vegas feels like it could be higher. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Should we move it above Mother 3? No. Okay. Below Mother and above (laughs) KOTOR. And I I think KOTOR... I think there's more of a demand for Splinter Cell than KOTOR. Maybe it's because Splinter Cell has been in the news recently, but mm-hmm. I think that deserves a spot above that. All right. How's this list looking now? Mass Effect Remaster, Bloodborne 2, Silent Hills, Mother 3, Fallout New Vegas 2, Splinter Cell, KOTOR 3, 2D Metroid, Pokemon MMO, Bully 2. 2D Metroid is very weird to me on that list. Yeah? It seems high up, too. We just got one. It was like, what, 2017? 2016? 2017. I don't know what you're talking about, Leo. <laughs> it never happens. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I agree that they need to put it on Switch or else it may as well not have come out. But if you want a 2D Metroid, play the one they put out two years ago. <laughs> no. I mean, are you, do you want to swap it out with something else in the, in the freak pit down below? That's my vote. Okay. I can be outvoted. Well, I think that's uh, an interesting option. I, I, oh, do you see anything down there, Leo, that you think there's more of a demand for? 
I'm scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of oddballs here. And then you got Skies of Arcadia, Left 4 Dead 3. God, that's that's loud. A Portal Left 3. Left 4 Dead 3 has been a lot. Metal Gear remake. A new SSX, new Perfect Dark. All right, I'm willing to trade if you got a good contender. I'll go Left 4 Dead 3 over 2D Metroid. At least it's it's get the it gets the edge for me because it's so not confirmed, right? Right. Such a a desperate swing. But there's that cool thing where the fans made new levels for Left 4 Dead 2, and Valve gave it the the old Valve blessing, which is nice. Mm. Okay. And do you think it's number ten? I think maybe it's a, above Bully 2. I, I love. I too. want Bully 2 more than anything else on this list, but for gamer decibel level. Yes. All right. Is this the list? Mass Effect Remaster, Bloodborne 2, Silent Hills, Mother 3, Fallout New Vegas 2, Splinter Cell, KOTOR 3, Pokemon MMO, Left 4 Dead 3, and then Bully 2. Is that the top 10 most desired things in the game industry right now? Now I'm like, oh, maybe Mother 3 should be under Fallout New Vegas 2. Aha! I agree. As much as I would love to see Mother 3. All right. Is that it, ladies and gentlemen? Is Backstage Pass chat satisfied? Um, let's jump back to them. Um, they've actually, um, lit themselves on fire, which seems insane. Uh, <laughs> no, that's our, the fire emoji. That means they like it. Oh, they like it. Oh, great, 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 great. Um, backstage pass, <laughs> folks. Oh, Donnie Danico says, so satisfied. There's a lot of screams for Sly Cooper 5. Look, yep. I will, I will put it on the list, but as like a number, um, 27, and I hope that's okay, but it's technically on the list. <laughs> Backstage Pass, folks, are you now okay with this list? Because we're going to publish the 30 runners up, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Great. That's it, everybody. I like that we now have this list. So every announcement in the future in the game industry can be judged by this oh, holy list. You're checking off one after the other. That's right. We got a lot to do. People seem happy. Awesome. <laughs> Wait, before we wrap <laughs> no! up, I have a fun question. Oh, no. Yeah. Which do you think is the least likely on this list to happen? Great question, Anna. Oh, no. Least likely is Fallout New Vegas 2. Yeah. I mean, Why that I mean, title for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like the writers have moved on. Chris Avalone, I believe, has been canceled. It's... <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a really tough one. Obsidian making a new Fallout is that that is the core of it. Yes, I guess. I mean, you could, I could see Microsoft saying we've heard the outcry from everybody on the planet Earth about Fallout, so we're going to do a project that's back to its roots, and we're going to get some of the classic writers and have a bit more New Vegasy. <sighs> Does Bethesda make it? Yeah, it's got to be a joint. Bethesda Obsidian thing, right? Oh my god! That would god. just make everybody go insane. They got them both. Yeah. Can you imagine? You, both, two, yeah. you two kiss. That's what Phil Spencer would say. Kiss. <laughs> I I think I mean I think that's the least likely. Is yeah I mean but it depends so much on how you I phrase that. I think Kotor three is least likely. Well, you know they said that MMO is Kotor three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So it's everything you need. Then Kotor nine. <laughs> <laughs> and i like old republic yeah i can see that i can see that although also think about bully 2 and how much time in the oven each rockstar game takes now Mm -hmm. i think the idea of them spending 
eight years and 4,000 employees' lives on a bully too is not <laughs> bloody likely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I might go bully too is, is the least, least likely in this list. Yeah, I, I'd agree with bully too. All right, there we go. Beautiful. Thanks for your help, everybody in the backstage pass. Uh, hey, roguelikes. Like them or love them, they're here to stay. Uh, <laughs> Splunky <laughs> Two is out on Steam now, which is exciting. Have you continued to play that, Leo? Yes, I was a little tepid on it, or at least you know wary of a game ste- stepping to my one true love, Splunky One. Right. But I've fallen in love with it since those initial play sessions, like playing more in co-op in person because online co-op is still, I think, it's completely down now until they figure it out. Oh, really? But mm. but local co-op with friends has been life-changing just oh. front of the show joe buckles being able to walk me through a little bit of the new stuff and show me like what makes it interesting and some of the fun new things you can do yeah i am excited to play more of it at this point for sure oh that's perfect uh anna what do you look for in a roguelike roguelite whichever you prefer um well i prefer roguelites of course um because i'm i'm really bad at um roguelites slash likes um and so lights keep me going. Um, but I, so I sort of look for like, at least like some sort of progression, some sort of ability to like improve on the character um, overall. And then, I mean, other than that, just like it is, I think the co-op is actually a huge thing as well. Oh, um, interesting. Like mm-hmm. playing risk of rain too with friends is like infinitely more fun than playing by yourself. Um, and so then that's been huge if like that's possible. Um, and then honestly, what I look for, just like Hades, <laughs> like just exactly Hades. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> it is like such a stellar example of like how to do a, a rogue, like a rogue light. I don't know if we're defaulting to like or light here, it's, it's, uh, a rogue light really, really well. I think um, like is just more fun to say and we've been saying it longer and it sounds yeah. better, even though light is more appropriate for a lot of these. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been playing more Hades and I, just adore it and like you know one of my favorite games from earlier this year was undermine that i really loved and i went back from hades back to Mm. undermine and it was undermine just felt like a slow sloppy mess compared to like the tightest controls possible for hades when you get used Mm -hmm. to that dash like not having that it's like oh what am i doing at able r yeah um and you really enjoyed undermine i remember you talking about enjoying that a lot yeah I, I do still like it a lot it's just it's tough to get out of the hades groove once you're locked in there leo have you tried that mm-hmm. yet i know you're skeptical hades yeah yeah i played it a bit at early access launch and a bit after real launch it's a cool game for sure i love the style of it and i think it's very good at like not feeling punishing because that's the main goal of a roguelite and a roguelike is to feel like you're making progress every time and to have a death feel like oh i've wasted my time is you know it makes you never want to play it again and hades is really great at getting you back in that loop the gameplay is not exactly my cup of tea so i've been sticking with it but huh it's a cool game yeah i mean it is interesting i almost am excited when i die it's like oh now i'm curious what's changed in the main hall like Mm. who i can talk to what my boy achilles is up to like there's enough of those little incentives (laughs) jill have you been playing hades um of, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm such a nerd for the uh, mythology. Oh. So that was going to mm. be a absolute play for me anyway. Yeah. Um, this is a great but, year for you then, because you get that yes. and Phoenix Rising. 
so good. <laughs> uh, and their their interpretations are all really smart. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool that you've done different things like that. Um, yeah, and, and the gameplay, again, like everybody's saying, is really, really good and really tight. Um, because there are a couple of other rogue-like lights that I'm dabbling in this year. Um, the one that just came out is Going Under, which is fantastic if anybody wants to play it. It is a sort of satirical... Um, you're playing as an intern in this sort of oh yep semi yes, yes, valley yeah yeah, yeah it's I bright played, and it's colorful yeah. and it's fun um but yeah the the controls are not quite as 80s like so when I'm like yeah. I'm I push dodge I push dodge yeah. <laughs> it's it's so good though it's so funny and I'm literally laughing at everything because I'm like yeah I know what that feels like <laughs> so it's just Silicon Valley life yeah it's so colorful and over the top going under i hadn't heard of this but it might it's be a good really contender great. for great Godi yeah Julia. i played that for um the 20 oh this was yeah this was technically this year the one that got canceled for the independent games festival and i didn't realize they had settled on um like a rogue light format because i played like super early version of it so that's really great i yeah i ditto that it's like so it's such a f- freaking funny game huh um and it's like a little too relatable as like someone it's who's so like, exactly yeah. like li- having been an intern and having yeah like i live in the silicon valley i'm just like oh this is so close to home i'm not even sure i can laugh because it's so <laughs> close oh boy nice uh umami unagi writes in just to break open a community question early uh like a present on christmas eve everybody they say, hey, gals and geezas, why do roguelikes seem like they're everywhere? It feels like one is released nearly every day. What makes them so appealing <laughs> to develop for indie teams? Are they cheaper to make, easier to code, or do indie devs just love making them for some reason? <laughs> Good question. I think it's got to be, you know, people want their games to be played and replayed. And it's a compelling formula to keep folks playing. Like, yeah. imagine trying to create Hades as you know, a more linear narrative experience. Like it'd be a lot of work to create an eight hour experience, 10 hours. And in this yeah. case, it's like, oh no, now you can have people playing for 150 hours and still unlocking new things. There's just so much yeah. to do in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I had argued that um, roguelites are really um, relevant right now because like they're so good for like the social media generation. Like they hold your attention so well, the gameplay loop, finishes like relatively fast like you can do a Hades run like in way less amount of time than it takes you know to like 40 minutes as compared to like you know 80 hours to beat like a linear timeline for an RPG like yeah I it's there's way more you know as people's focus is shot because they're stuck inside and like they're scrolling on stuff all the time like it's really great for short attention span. you're right yeah it's that yeah, double and whammy just if you're busy too uh-huh like if you're a busy person and you only have a, a certain amount of time you can get through a loop and feel very satisfied and like you've done something and achieved mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. in a very short period of time yeah yeah but then just keep coming back to it too to extend the play time so yeah it's yeah. like coming at it at both ends in a really clever way uh we had the community in the Discord, the MinMax Discord, you get access to if you support us on Patreon at any tier. We had them rank their top 10 favorite roguelites slash roguelikes of all time. Would you like to hear their official list? No Very debate so. needed from us, because this is as scientific as it can get. Yeah. Number okay. 10, Enter the Gungeon. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Number 9, 
Cadence of Hyrule. Does that count? I believe it does, because they also put number eight, Crypt of the Necrodancer, is making this count. Which, yeah, sure, I did not consider those, but yeah, of course. Yeah. Number seven, it's your boy, Leo. Rogue Legacy. Right on. <laughs> uh, have you gone back to Rogue Legacy 2 at all this year? I haven't gone back to it yet. I'm excited to have it there for when a patch comes out that I'm excited about. Because what was there when I was playing was so bare bones. Right. I'm excited to see them add more. Yeah. Uh, number six, FDL. Classic. Number five, right. fitting a theme into the breach from a couple of years ago. The more tactics approach. Oh, these next four better be good. Leo? That's an all-timer. I love into the breach. Do you think this is better than into the breach? Coming in at number four, Spelunky. Mm, yes, but these next three better be really good. <laughs> be real good, yeah. What well, are the top three? Do you think this is better than Spelunky? Number three, Dead Cells. Not in a million years. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. <laughs> hey, the community's voted. A hive-minded people can't be wrong. True. Uh, number two, Slay the Spire. Coming in at number two. That's sure amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Anna gave it a light okay. Uh, number well, one. Well, sorry. I think I'm just, I feel like there are a bunch of games left out on this list. Of course. We'll, yeah. we'll yeah. what no, I'm going to talk about that because I'm feeling like one of my favorite games oh. is out here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, number one, according to the MinMax community, and this might be a little bit biased, the number one roguelike slash roguelite of all time. Hades. Fresh okay, and new better. and yeah, locked I mean, in. Hades is so hot right now. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. All right, what have we missed, Jill? Okay, Darkest Dungeon is not on this list, and I'm very upset. Okay, all right, very noted. Min-Max Watchers. <laughs> this is a great game. Yeah, it is. I mean, in it's a like, general yeah. sense, it's procedurally That's great. true. Uh, it's Definitely light, it's yeah, like a campaign, but with the procedurally generated missions. That's true. It's got the permadeath. It's got, I mean, dungeon crawling. It's kind of in its DNA. Yeah, true. All right, I adore Darkest Dungeon. Any other so contenders good. we haven't factored in here? I think Monster Train is a good roguelike that deserves to be on this list. Um, that is a very fun game. Um, also, I don't know if this counts. But Minute is a great game. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that's also, I feel like deserves to be on this list. Yeah, um, I don't know if it counts. It's in a gray area. That. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough yeah. one. It's like a puzzly thing where you just yeah. die a lot. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's a tough contender. Yeah, you're right. Well, there are 27, uh, 27 contenders that they were arguing about and actually ranking here. So I'm sure some of those were in the overflow category. But thanks everybody in the Minimax community for uh, ranking all those games. We appreciate it. Hell yeah, and I want to say lately Star Renegade has been really good, and it certainly is a contender to be one of my all-time top ten, but it's a bit too early to say. All-time top ten? Of s- roguelikes. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah, you did the, uh, <laughs> we did the Great Goatee Hunt. You can check that out. What is that game like, Leo? Star Renegades, yeah, it's super stylized, like pixel art like I've never seen. Really gorgeous turn-based combat that is really fresh and fun. I don't always like turn-based combat, but the way you play the turn order and try to beat enemies to attacking to get critical hits off, guaranteed, very satisfying loop. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Leo, do you know how this whole thing operates? Patreon.com slash MinMax shows vast array of patrons. That's right! (laughs) Patreon.com slash MinMax with two N's. Thanks to everybody that supports us. We really appreciate it. If you're listening to this 
which you can if you are uh, at the $5 tier, you get early access to it. So the point is, if you're listening to this on the Wednesday that we recorded it, um, you can still jump in and support us at any tier to get your benefits throughout all of October. You can get on the Wall of Heroes. You can have us read a plug on every episode of the MinMax Show for your project, your YouTube channel, whatever you like, your business, whatever you're interested in. There's a lot of different benefits at patreon.com slash minmax2ends. I'd argue some of the cheapest advertising around. We're happy to talk through that stuff with you. But thanks to Rook. Rook says, hello there, travelers of the digital soundscape. Join Brian Keese, Travis McGowhey, Rob Hudak, and special guests on Draft Punks each Thursday as we draft everything from the MCU, Disney characters, Gen 2 Pokemon, to other topics like Wii games, breakfast cereal, Game Informer magazine covers, and birds. This week, we're joined by friend of the show, Ozzy Seshi, to draft 90s sci-fi films. It's such a fun, mm. specific thing. What's top of that heap? Fifth Element? Anyways, follow along with our Twitter, at RealDraftPunks, where you can also find the link to our Discord. Thanks, as always, to Greg Flaming Queso for the excellent intro track, Chris Drifter Lee for our bop of an outro track, and Alex the Hedgehog Brindigar for our fantastic graphic artwork represented on Jawar Hello's Wall of Heroes Choice. Be happy, be healthy, play Hades, and most importantly, <laughs> be kind to each other. Thanks so much, Rook, for supporting us and also uh, sharing the word about DraftPunks. You're a great podcast, and then also about your fantastic Soulsborne streams. Also, thanks to the BAM Box. They say, hello, MinMaxers. We are so thankful for the support you've shown us so far, and we're really excited about the box we've been able to get you next. Yes, the new Gamer Box has just gone on sale. It might just be the best yet. This month's franchises are Super Mario Bros., Portal 2, The Simpsons, Bart's Nightmare, and Dead by Daylight. Also, with Halloween coming, we decided to celebrate 30 years of The Simpsons' series of horror by doing a Simpsons pin set crossover between Gamer Box, Geek Box, and Horror Box. It's our biggest crossover set in five years. On top of that, the autograph in this box is one of the most iconic characters ever in gaming a true grail item for any collector can't wait to can't wait for you to see what it is be sure to reserve your october gamer box at thebambox.com leo one more time that url is thebambox.com you got it and then you can hit them up on facebook or twitter to become part of the bam community thanks to the bam box for their support of minmax we can do it without uh, big supporters like all of you including i am 8-bit and they want everybody to know that they have the ori collector's edition available on switch xbox one pc it is a beautiful display box it transforms it's got a glow-in-the-dark finish it's got a majestic <laughs> stained glass style art piece a flora and fauna of ori field guide a sketchbook zine featuring rarely seen production art collectible art card set hard enamel glow-in-the-dark pin digital download cards for ori and the blind forest and ori will the wisps it is packing everything in here physical editions of both games and exclusive reversible cover art. It's region-free, worldwide compatible. Check out this amazing Ori Collector's Edition from I Am 8-Bit. And everything under $100 in the I Am 8-Bit store, you can use a MinMax promo code to get 10% off everything in there. So the promo code for this week, Leo, I want you to know this, and I want all of our listeners and viewers to know this. It's MinMax County. M-I-N-N. M-A-X dash county. That's MinMax with two N's? That's MinMax with two N's and county with one N. Okay. Thank you to iMateBit for supporting MinMax, and you can support MinMax too by submitting a comment or question for us to read on the show. Make the show better. Every week we choose the question of the week, and iMateBit ships out an amazing prize from their online store, and this week they're shipping out the... You guessed it. <laughs> Donut 
County vinyl soundtrack. Mm. This sweet double album of a very fun soundtrack to Donut County. So thank you to I Am 8-Bit. And you can check this out in their online store and use that promo code to get 10% off. All right. Community questions. These people are very nice. They listen. These people. These people in a good They're way. So great. They listen to the show. They watch the show and they say, you know what? I'm going to support them at any tier so I can submit a question, <laughs> potentially win a great prize from I Am 8-Bit. And I'm going to do my part as they demand to make the show better. Jordan Brown says, hello, MinMaxers. I've been finding it difficult to play new games recently. Anytime I have to sit down for a long period of time, I just want to play games I've already beat over and over again. Recently, I bought Luigi's Mansion 3 and Vermintide 2 to play with friends, but I've just been replaying Final Fantasy IX on my Switch instead, which I've beat numerous times. Nothing wrong with that. Have you ever had issues finding the motivation to play newer games? What game broke the trend, if you have? Um, I mean, I think that, you know, at the start of the pandemic, I had way less energy for new games um, and like was even struggling to play games at all. Um, But for me, like what let's see here. So what broke it the most recent? So I just like to fall back to Pokemon. Um, Really? Pokemon, like Ruby and Sapphire, (laughs) Um, because like it's just something my brain can play on autopilot. Um, and what broke it most recently uh, during that? Um, what, what would I play? Usually, usually if a friend asks me to play something with them. So right. I think actually, oh, I'm trying to even remember what what we were playing. But I like the idea that you need like the social pressure to like. Buff yeah, you out I of need the social pressure to play something new. Um, shoot, I don't even. <laughs> yeah, no, I wrote it's it so down tough. and now I'm like, wait. No, there's so much like, especially early in the year, I'll always just get stuck in a groove. Like, I'm just going to keep playing this old stuff. I know I should get back to mm-hmm. journey on a savage planet, which <laughs> I feel like I've been halfway through since January. Mm-hmm. But there's those games where it's like, I just, I'm not compelled to play anything new. I'm going to go back and play more amplitude on PS4, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's especially hard too, when you have a lot of games that are things that I'm like, oh, I should play that right. instead of things that are like, oh, I'm definitely excited to play them and then you get caught up doing that and they kind of fall by the wayside and then yeah. you're you feel more and more guilty that you haven't played them but now there are more new things to play and i'm like no i guess i'll just jump back and play something safe and comfortable yeah something definitely yeah cozy and comfortable i totally get mm-hmm. it comfort games i recommend starting a stream called the great goatee hunt where you have to play <laughs> new games every <laughs> yes. and everybody That's out there you're welcome to just call it the great goatee hunt. we don't care really have at it, world. <laughs> no. Uh, I I was, you know, a, a big Siege player, and I finally took a break from it last season because it was, like, in a very broken state. And so mm-hmm. if you just play a living game that could have a patch that breaks everything, that's definitely <laughs> helpful. Yeah. But now they've their new update has been really, really good, and I'm back into it. Oh, there we they go. fixed a lot of stuff. How's it feel to get back into it? It feels good. It's it's. It, I needed the break for sure. It's like even winning or losing, I was just not feeling anything about it. But <laughs> having the break, it's like it's. Ex- I care about it again. And oh, the new God. changes make it super super fun. Oh, nice. Joshua Caleb writes in says, "Anyone else find it weird that we started this year by playing a chill, relaxing game about making friends with animals and building a nice island resort?" Then we went to a game about scrambling over faceless strangers and deadly booby traps in order to get points so that we can look slightly goofier and different from everyone else. To now a game about lying, backstabbing, backstabbing, and gaslighting our friends in order to kill them in the cold vacuum of space. It's like gaming has been a roller coaster of emotions, just like the rest of the year. 
that is that is the journey that most gamers have gone on this year. That's a good point, mm-hmm. Joshua Caleb. This is a yeah, weird but, year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's cool that that trend is like not necessarily known quantities, right? Like all those three mm-hmm. things were kind of surprising. Yeah. The level of mm-hmm. success they had. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, Animal Crossing maybe to a lesser extent. The but level of success? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that is true. Do you remember like before the game came out, like when the lockdown was starting and everyone's like come on nintendo release animal crossing a week early we need this now and it's like now that just looks so silly in comparison it's like oh we thought that was the worst of it like it has just been a never-ending parade of that zone we were stuck in and now there's like Mm -hmm. that halloween update and all that stuff i don't know if you've kept up with anna fellow member of the deepest dive in animal crossing new horizons yeah i Um, I haven't played but i'll probably hop in for the the spooky stuff um I'm a little nervous about what my villagers will say to me, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. the anxiety is real. The get re-entry, is, re-entry yeah. anxiety is real. They're just going to call you sus wonder, right when you get in there. <laughs> I wonder, too, uh, because obviously the, the thread through all of those are, like, much more higher social games Interesting. and interacting with people. I wonder if that trend will continue once we can all be out and social again, or if this is a thing that's just so... Uh, set off a whole new trajectory for social games yeah yeah it's easy to say that but at the same time i'm sure everyone's going to be eager to jump into cyberpunk when that comes out and it's like is that going to count in this trend or yeah i mean that is a good question though i mean just let's take among us on its own if the quarantine did not exist if the virus did not exist would that game have blown up i bet not i mean it came out two years ago right It, it had its shot yeah and nature chose it for extinction yeah. Well, and like, it's not just people having more time to play the game and it having themes that are sort of, it's, I'm working on a story on this specific question oh, really? right now, actually. And like, sort of what I found is that, like, since games exist as like part of social media now, too, like, among us, like, it's just, like, people have more time to even be on TikTok. So it's, like, the most popular game on TikTok right now. Like, it's surpassed Animal Crossing. So, like, it's not just, like, oh, you know, people have more time to play games and this is interesting to, like, a wide appeal of people. It's, like, if you think about things, like, kind of holistically, like, I don't know, like, there's just, like, so much time for people to now to dedicate to it and the stories are appealing. So Yeah, I know. Hey, I don't yeah. want to turn you into the youth correspondent Anna and I know I've asked about <laughs> this before I want to be the youth correspondent All right, uh, youth correspondent Anna Diaz <laughs> but can you explain like, can you explain I have like, gaps knowledge too well that's fine can you explain what it means when you say a game is huge on TikTok is it just like yeah. there's a piece of music from the game where people are dancing in their kitchen to it um, what does it mean I don't get it so there's a lot there's like a lot and this is why I was like <laughs> I, I like went to Maddie Myers I'm like I need to write about this just like okay uh, <laughs> so um like you see a bunch of different kind of like categories of content for Among Us. So like you have like the traditional like gameplay videos, like highlight reels, like, oh, this is like goofy gameplay. But then it like on TikTok and on these social media platforms, it goes much deeper than that. Um, so like, for example, something that's really taken off with Among Us is like uh, content creators who like aren't even like games adjacent um, have started doing like live reenactments of scenes Um and like in comedic ways. Um, another is like people have been making like music videos in Among Us. Uh, folks have been like trying to like restage like 
movies and plays within the game. So like, there's just like oh, a lot weird. of stuff. So like all of this taken together or uh, another really, really interesting thing that's taken off is like people will, people have started drawing like their favorite, like TV show, movie characters from different fandoms as among us, um, as among us characters. So okay. like, and writing up scenarios for that. Um, yeah. There's been so like, strange. it's wild. Like uh, a, giant fanfic community has like grown up but like, should we have a min max tiktok yeah um it's a lot of work right uh it can be i think tiktok's fun um i think actually if you're actually interested in my take on this, i think there's a big gap in gaming news on tiktok like ign mm-hmm. is doing stuff but like they do kind of like a, they don't do as much like headliney stuff and i was thinking about it and i was like oh like a lot of teenagers use TikTok as a source of information. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you did like a gaming news roundup, like, like honestly, like Kyle's show, if he did that on TikTok and condensed it into a minute, I think that would be really, really popular. I'm into um, it. Okay. I genuinely sorry. have never downloaded TikTok. Would I have to like, the, I, oh God, I feel my, this is just the end of the last crusade. I feel myself aging and turning into a skeleton as I ask this. Would I have to like dance or put like music underneath it? <laughs> or like, what does okay. it mean? Okay. I think, so if you, um, if you dance in a TikTok, Ben, I think that people on Twitter would love that. Um, because like, oh. it's not like it's, it'd be kind of goofy and silly. Um, you wouldn't have to dance. Like, that's the thing is like, um. You have all like I know this one TikToker. He's really famous because he literally just like does Breath of the Wild speed run like tutorials, and like each little trick is done in like thirty seconds or less. And so he mm. shows people in thirty seconds or less how to do something like specific. Um, so like it definitely doesn't need to be like the so you know. Okay, so I need to I don't <laughs> need to understand for- that that Pac Man Go song or anything. I can just so I can just be like, <laughs> hello TikTok. And just act like Walter Cronkite for gaming news. You're saying it would do well. I mean, you like you'd want to make it. I mean, if you did it quick enough, and Walter Cronkite was like prep, like bouncy enough, I think you could do it. <laughs> okay, so um, I could be a Walter Cronkite VTuber on on TikTok, <laughs> and that's the path to success. Combining some just a dash of Kyle's gaming right home podcast. Yeah. Okay. I I would love if we had that. I would love if we blew up on TikTok and became primarily a TikTok outlet. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> well, to MinMax Patreon about games, friends, and TikTok. Here. That's really interesting. Because I it actually like part of me is like, oh, I'm stupid for not doing more because like I'll see kids who are like, wow, like check out like these unknown games, and they're like fairly known indie games, but there are a lot of teenagers who are like, wow, like. Hades, this is a cool game. (laughs) Hey, have you ever checked out Resident Evil 4? It just blows up. It's like, what? Because here's the thing is actually I think something that like, I I don't know if this is a conversation to have on mic, but I think it'd be interesting to our listeners is that like, I think um, there's sort of like an amnesia in like pop culture. Yes. And TikTok is like, um, definitely an example of that where you see these like old songs where kids are like wow this song is so cool I'm like wait that was like that's just like early 2000s Rihanna you know um, but for like a younger audience it's like might be completely new to them and so I think with games like there's going to be like you know if you're forward thinking enough like you should provide content to those kids who like want to feel like they're rediscovering something right um, that 
Yeah, we should. You know what, Anna? I will download TikTok um, because we just talked about <laughs> on MinFax. We had uh, our community call-in episode, which is the last Sunday of every month uh, for MinFax, our Patreon-exclusive podcast. That's all about a Q&A for $20 supporters. But um, this Sunday, uh, we had Kyle on and somebody called in. I'm sorry, I forget who it was. Just talking about like, you know, uh, Kyle's podcast that ended, the gaming uh, ride home news podcast and where to get news from and how we should start a daily news show. And it's like, I don't know the best format to do that. I don't know if it's like an Instagram thing, you know, just time alone. It's going to be tough to squeeze it in. But maybe that is the solution. It's just some sort of TikTok content. Rapid uh, fire news shouting. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's figure it off. Figure it out off mic. Figure it yeah. out off. Uh, figure it. Uh, fig, fig, figure, figure it out. Off the off. mic. Figure it off out the mic. Yeah. Out, uh, outside of the mic. It. We need right. to do this outside of the mic, not inside of it. Okay. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take this inside. Think outside the mic. <laughs> inside mic noise voices. Nick L writes in. He says, hello, cohorts with the news. Oh, take a turn for the series, Leo. Wipe that smile off your face. Uh, Nick L writes in with the news that City Project Reddit is uh, going back on its vowed to avoid crunch. I would love to hear your individual thoughts about the situation and ethical consumption. For me personally, okay. For me personally, I've been pushed more and more towards not wanting to buy the game, not only because of the crunch, but also other reasons like the hyper stereotyping uh, of yes, people of color you. in the gangs of <laughs> Sorry, Night yeah, City. Yeah. Um, so, just a backstory here. For quite a while now, City Project Red has said that hey, we know we have a problem with crunch. We've learned a lot throughout our life. Um, we promise we will not be crunching on cyberpunk 2077 to make it happen we're delaying it a couple times to ensure that and then they're like hey the head of cd project red sent a message an email to all the developers being like hey we got a month to go uh we're working six day weeks here i know we promised this would not happen but we have no other option and we're gonna be paying everybody like you're getting bonuses for this you're getting paid for that time but i know i'm going back on that vow but it just has to be this way and so the industry is saying we wish that it weren't. And I think everybody <laughs> with the rest of the line is saying, uh, sucks. It shouldn't be that way. We get that you weren't just doing it for fun. Right, right. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, what do y'all think about it? Uh, what, what do we do with the situation? What do you recommend for folks that are struggling with this morally? What do you do? Uh, well, for me, the thing that stands out is like, we have no other options. I'm like, you have a lot of other options, actually. Uh, I saw a lot of people say delay the game. I think... I mean, that's always an option, but I, it sounds like that might be something going on behind the scenes where they couldn't, maybe there's some sort of like marketing stuff or whatever. Yeah. But even beyond that, I saw some very, very smart, clever people, uh, with some takes on like, you know, you don't just have to like, that's not either delay it or crunch. You can hire new people. You know that this is going to take a certain amount of people to get done. It's going to I mean, the only reason that might not be an option is to break into your bottom line, and that's not a good reason to crunch people, uh, you know, so you have a better sort of time management or cut some features. Yeah, you know? I, it's so tough yeah. to figure out what they're doing right now, because they even mentioned, I think in that Bloomberg article, that, you know, the game's already been sent off to cert for Sony and Xbox, and so what they're working on now is just kind of like day one patch polish you know it's not a matter of even having features to cut and then bringing some new developers on board it'd probably take them a month before they're up to speed and so right but not they that i'm defending it but. ahead of uh but they should know ahead of time that they're gonna run into crunch and 
get those people so they can onboard them on time. And yeah, that should sure. be something that people look into. Yeah, well, and I think like, um, you know, okay, I, I'm about to spill some real tea here. <laughs> um, there, you know, even if we operate under this like generic cliche, which is like, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, sure. which like I pretty much believe in, right? Like one, I don't like, I, I don't, whatever. I don't judge if people buy it, don't buy it. But like, here's the thing is like, at the end of the day, like, this is a failure of management at the studio. Yeah. And I think like on me as like a journalist or as like someone who wants to be informed consumer, like it is about thinking through like, what are like the managerial failures that like led to this situation? And like, it's, you know, it's closed door. So it's like hard, you know, and it's like, okay, like how do we create like a healthier system for everyone? It's like, accountability right like and maybe that can come through like boycotting the product but like it how individual choices affect that it's kind of like I don't, I don't know yeah it's it's really tough and a part of me and this is probably not a good perspective to have not healthy but a part of me sees like well at least they're being paid for that overtime like it's nice that the industry is in a spot where they've made that very clear instead of just or they don't have indentured servants Honestly, which is how it's been a majority of the video game industry's life is just, uh, it's assumed that everyone will just be crunching and we understand you're going to be working so late and yeah, you're not going to be paid more, but we're going to feed off your passion for this project because we know you want you want the game to be good too. So it's it's inching in the right direction, but yes, everybody can make their own call and if they don't feel good about this and they don't want to play Cyberpunk because of that. But it is funny that like games journalists are having this conversation because like I think there are a lot of crunch issues in journalism Mm. and games and like I see games journalism as like the sort of like nexus of like (laughs) these two really problematic sort of like exploitative industries too. So it's like I again I think you're right right like that inclination to be like well at least they're getting paid but it's just like wow like our standards are so low and I think that's partially because like the game informer internship is like not paid and I couldn't do it because of that, you know? Right. And that's like the standard, you know, that's like kind of expected. And I, you know, I don't know, like <laughs> it's just, it is like a kind of like a toilet bowl of like workers being abused. And it's really sad. <laughs> um, yeah. The internship isn't happening anymore at game informer, by the way, but yes, that was sorry. A- sorry. But yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't mean, to, I don't mean to like spill, you know, too much right. tea but like i do think like we're all just like so used to like being exploited <laughs> you know yeah. it's like uh, it's one of those things where it's like it's either unions or capitalism will run its natural course which is mm-hmm. to get the most profit out right. of the giving people yeah. the least and sorry i probably shouldn't have pulled like games media into that right no um, i think that's fair i think there is no, a lot no, of that no, happening I, yeah yeah but and it's journalism too, because like I think about this from the perspective of like things that keep like people of color from like entering these spaces, and that's often that it just comes down to like material resources. Yeah, um, I mean yeah. the freelance space too is mm-hmm. really it can be really scary. You get a lot of places that are promising to pay you in uh, in views, and if you're young and you don't know what that means, that means you're not getting paid. And yeah. Like, they literally say that they just say we'll pay you in views yeah if you get a certain amount of views you get x amount per oh, view or, or thousand views or whatever right um, and there are a lot of people out there when i first started in this kind of course 
there are people out there who will tell you different, a lot of different things. And some people will say it is important, like, to uh, get up the ladder. Ooh, excuse me. <clears throat> to get up the ladder, you do have to take some of those sometimes. And yeah, it's, that's it's, an- yeah, it's such a, I think that is a similarity between these different parts of the games industry. It's like, it's seen as such a dream position that you should mm-hmm. be willing to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, passion's, like, completely exploited. Um, and, like, work isn't recognized as work. Like, playing games isn't recognized as work. It's not counted, you know, like, if you're right. a freelancer crunching to play a AAA game, like, those hours spent aren't valued in the same way as, like, someone in an office, like, quote-unquote, like, doing standard work. Right. I don't know. The issues run deep. <laughs> but yeah. I love it. Do you want to... Anyway, uh, so. And boycotting, too, is is a kind of a hard thing. Like, if you're trying to be ethical in what you're consuming and that sort of thing because the people who are the victims of this who are being crunched and uh, in this cycle they are making that game they're proud of it Mm -hmm. they want you to play it as well so it's sort of a hard thing too to say i'm going to make sure that the thing that you bled sweat and teared over is not going to be seen yeah yeah uh, well, let's keep descending into this rabbit hole, y'all. MacDak uh, <laughs> submits a question saying, Hey, everybody! Hey, have you ever visited a studio that seemed to have a bad feel? A lot of talk recently has been about crunch and working conditions for developers, and I was curious if you ever saw the effects of this firsthand while visiting a game studio. You don't need to put a specific developer on blast. I'm just curious how much was hidden slash exposed to the press. Huh. There were multiple developers that were like... I would see them just bringing in like catered dinner and stuff. Yeah. And oh, very kind. Snacks, things like that of like, yeah, these people will be here tonight. So the least we can do is get them. So that many places. Yeah. I mean, that idea of, you know, crunch or just working overtime. is just a default. You know, I visited, I think I told it up as like 80 studios and it's just such a constant thing that you become numb to it. Um, and obviously, you know, when we would visit a studio, it would be there for one to two days and you're being escorted around and only being shown the top of the development pyramid. And so it's tough to be like, oh, I understand what each studio was like. You get through a keyhole glimpse at a lot of what these working conditions were like, but definitely just on a lighter level. I mean, especially talking about the past, it was always just a joke about like, oh boy, yeah, I slept under my desk for that year. Ha 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 ha. Like that yeah. is just constant jokes. Just, well, obviously yeah. we're all killing ourselves to make these games. And it helps that, yeah, the last couple of years, it seems like they have become aware of that or at least to the point of every time you talk about it, PR will give a glare now and be like, don't, don't bring it up around press. You know? <laughs> and we hear about that about <laughs> the early days of Game Informer too. It's like the same mm. stories. Yeah. Sleeping mm. under the desk. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. It was interesting. I remember on the Assassin's Creed Odyssey trip being shown around the Ubisoft studio and they pointed out like a loft bed, like a couple loft beds. Yeah. Like that's where people go to sleep when they need to. <laughs> Moving right along. You can take naps, but it yeah. was interesting to just be shown that. Like the, isn't that cool? Look how comfy that pillow is <laughs> when you have to sleep at work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in terms of like bad feel outside of that, you know, I think this year with a lot of revelations about the game industry and just different stories coming to light, uh, just about, eh, this is pretty shady. This this dude sucked. Uh, you know, you know those stories. It has me kind of like been going through a Rolodex in my mind of like, yeah, what are those just very obvious things that now are in a new light? and. Not to put a studio on blast, but there is like, there's one studio that I visited where it's like, 
oh yeah, that was a very inappropriate relationship happening within that studio. And it's like for like a big game. And I still mm-hmm. keep thinking about it. Like it's such a weird thing. I don't know if that would ever come to light, but I don't feel like it's my story to tell because I don't have all the details. But it was like one of those keyhole glimpses of just like, oh, this sucks. Mm. So there's lots of little stuff like that. Um, Christian Garcia uh, keeps us descending down this uh, dark rabbit hole by asking, so when can I start sending pictures of my ears to Sony? Great question, Christian. What? What? I actually don't <laughs> oh, know what this is referring this to. This is referring to uh, Mark Cerny, right? Mark Cerny's GDC, okay. GDC presentation of like the tech stuff for the PS5 when everyone was hot and heavy, ready to learn about the PlayStation 5. And then Mark Cerny just went on the most technical you know, took the most technical route with this presentation and saying that in order to get the best 3D mapping of audio, Sony might want a picture of your ears so they can map the Sense 3D fix. audio. And so uh, apparently like PlayStation's Twitter feed was just uh, a wash and people sending pictures of their dirty ears. <laughs> so put up an OnlyFans for it, actually. Yeah, it's really, really hot. Yeah, check it out. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess the answer to your question, Christian, is it, it never has stopped. I've sent a picture of my ears of Sony every day. Um, Sean Mason, I wonder if they still are getting any. Cause yeah. they, they have to. God, I hope Mark Cerny can talk more about that at some point. Sean Mason writes in, With Halloween just over a month away, I started to reminisce on some of my childhood costumes. Looking back, I noticed many of them were video game themed. A few characters I dressed up as were Luigi, my best friend went as Mario, Link and Ratchet. Were any of your Halloween costumes inspired by video games? If so, what were they? Uh, Pikachu. I've been Pikachu every year since I was five years old. What? Every year? Yes, that is the commitment. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) Maybe, okay, here's, um, I don't know if, like, the, if we should make this an unlockable, but I can, I I will just offer it up freely. Um, I can wear my Pikachu costume for a stream sometime around Halloween. We can have the Halloween episode? Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. So you just have, like, one Pikachu costume that's just, like, raggedy from when you're six? I see. I had one like, you know, from like age five to like seven ish and then seven ish to like, you know, every couple of years or so, like my mom would be like, I think, I think it's time for a new Pikachu costume. Yeah. And I mean this with all the respect I can muster on it, but you should be hospitalized. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine. It's so funny to me. I love, you know, if for people watching the video version, you have two Pikachus behind you. I love just like (laughs) leaning into not just Pokemon, but like the most obvious Pokemon. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's like, I love Ghostbusters, but I love Slimer. And I just can't get enough of Slimer. It feels like just like such a weird choice to lean into the number one obvious thing so hard. Yeah, no, I'm definitely brain damaged, but like in a good way. <laughs> like one like year, in a way that makes me very happy. When you hit like 21 or something, you think you would have gone for like Raichu or just like add a little pizzazz to it. Well, I like a lot of Pokemon, like, I, I, you know, um, but, like, Pikachu's great. Look, no doubt, what? Pikachu's a cool dude, <laughs> but, like, I'm a... At how next... many different costumes have you bought? Like, how many could you reuse? I don't know. I would have to talk to my um, mom about that. <laughs> um, there was a period of time where it was really hard to find Pikachu costumes, because, you know, like, Pokemon went through that lull, like, I feel like, what, around Ruby Sapphire times, I guess? Right. Um, as far as like merch and like products go, um, but I probably had like 
at least like five or something. And then I did go a while where like I didn't really do Halloween stuff. Um, but then like my um, my ex boyfriend brought bought me. <laughs> so of course, so, you get pulled yeah. back in. I don't think I've yeah. ever gone as a video game character. I'm really trying to think. It's usually just like generic mm-hmm. robot. Slenderman type stuff, but I don't think so. Has anybody else? I mean, I do nerdy stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I really like that I've definitely been noticing more is that there are video game, like intentional video game character Halloween costumes. Like when I was a kid, that was not really a thing. And then one of my first articles for Game Informer was the roundup of Halloween game, video game costumes. Okay. And it's not, it's the, the, the quality of these costumes and then also as on a personal level the quality of costumes for women was fantastic it wasn't just like uh sexy toad sexy peach or something yeah. <laughs> right right yeah yeah so they're they're out there they you are out there and be right. your character we and i will say a lot in my defense i've done multiple costumes a lot of halloweens oh so like Different for parties? like one party, I'll do Pikachu, but then for Halloween, I'll do like um, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> then Fat Pikachu. Yeah, you got a lot Surfing of faces Pikachu. to go. Surfing. Yeah. Pikachu. <laughs> Flying Pikachu. Hang ten, coming in. Uh, Jeremy Clark writes in, "Hey friends, my wife and I have candles going in our game room. Cool." And because my sense of smell is so strong, I often relate smells to memories. Because of this, I now have certain candle scents that we have renamed to the games I was playing while burning that scent. For instance, Cinnamon Pumpkin is SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. (laughs) So my question is, do you associate any smells and or other senses with nostalgic games or memories? Boy, big question. Yeah, because like, what is the in the brain, like the smell part is next to the memory part is what I heard a long Mm -hmm. time ago. I remember that because I smelled it. I don't know. We got a neuroscientist <laughs> in here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have. I am one of those people that like this. My sense of smell is really like. I don't know if it's really good or just really connected. Uh, so I really do connect things like that. So Skyrim for me is pine trees because I went. I was in college at the time when it came out, and I was going to school in. A pine tree forest, essentially. Uh, oh wow! So, yeah, like the um, one from Devs. That was a deep cut. Never mind. Where was the? <laughs> what do you mean pine tree forest? Uh, yeah, it was the the mountains of Santa Cruz. Oh, essentially. that's awesome! So you just have this beautiful, beautiful smell of pine trees, uh, which goes with Skyrim, of yeah. course. It's perfect. Yeah, that is perfect. Uh, and then one year I was playing. I I can't remember which Hitman game it was. But it coincided with a gift of a, like, five-pound gummy bear. So I would, like, have a gummy bear jump in one hand and be killing people in the other. So <laughs> Hitman smells you, like gummy. How do you eat a five-pound gummy bear? Do you get it at it, like, with a spoon? I, or do you, like, fork and knife it like a fine steak? Face it first? It's like a horror it. show. I chop it up. Like, <laughs> with a knife. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these things, I even think back to like the old MinMax studio, like right when it launched, you know, we had uh, an apple cinnamon candle burning forever. And so I associate that with like playing Outer Worlds and stuff for like kind of that early era. But I'm sure there's a million of these going back in history. Everything, I guess every game is just connected to like a dank, 
uh, dusty basement that I grew up in at my parents' old place. Yeah, I, I did a lot of gaming at friends' houses, one of whom's dad was a big smoker, so cigarettes mm. were <laughs> like condemned criminal origin. <laughs> That's perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, uh, if there are any smart people in the chat, let me know what this was. Like five years ago, maybe four years ago, something like that, I had a cold and like a runny nose for like three and a half weeks, four weeks, something like that. And ever since then, my sense of smell has been like 50% what it was. If anybody can let me know if there's a way to repair my sense of smell, I'm very interested because I miss it. I think I had COVID in 2015. I was patient zero. Wow. Yeah. That's Uh, impressive. Thank you. Uh, Michael Lynch writes in, Hey everybody. Uh, I've never played a second of Eve online, but I read any article I find about, it and I love the player's dedication to it. Is there a game you've similarly never played but have admiration for how unique it is? Certainly Dwarf Fortress. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Leo, that's such a great call. Like I was talking to some younger fella a while ago and just talking about what games he's into and he's like, oh, of course Dwarf Fortress and immediately I was like, alright, hold the phone. Now, I, now I'm very interested because I don't even know what this game looks like but the stories generator is so cool. Having watched gameplay of it, I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> no less. Chaos to look at. I feel like I wish I was the type of gamer who could get into and learn and understand Dwarf Fortress in its yeah. current state, which is so much just like symbols that represent things. But I need a little more, I guess, visually. It's a right. little too far on the pure story generator. And I need a little little further back on the spectrum than that, I guess. Yeah. I wonder if like a good middle ground. God, what was... Oh. All right, help me out, Leo. What was that game that was systems heavy? No, it came out of early access last year. People on Steam. Uh, RimWorld. Yes! Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Do you feel like RimWorld is that, like, slightly more approachable Dwarf Fortress thing? Yeah, that's a great game. I recognize it because that is, like, one of the few I've seen is, like, the genre of our game is story generator. Yes, yes, which is so fun. That's that's a great poll. It's a cool game. Uh, Raymond Schaefer. Oh, uh, there was that game a few weeks ago. I want it was like King Crusader Three or Crusader Kings Three. Three. That's definitely one where I'm like, I am never going to be able to play that. But I love that people are somehow eating the Pope. (laughs) Eating the Pope. That's how I felt too. But the other day I did a stream where I had friends who knew what was going on and they walked me through some things, and I am so glad I did because that game is incredible. Oh, really? Are you playing it, Elio? Yeah. Yes. Oh, nice. I, it's, I was totally, it was very uh, RP heavy stream where I was like, these people are going to war with me and I have no interest in that. So I just <laughs> surrender and I focused on building my relationship with my wife and falling back in love with her, you know? That's so, so we can eat the and Pope together. And then I got together. obsessed with the Pope, so I trained my son to be a monk and sent him <laughs> to go train under the Pope. <laughs> and then I tried to siege, wage war on a city next to Italy so that I could live there, so that I could be closer to the Pope. But I ended up waging war on the whole Roman Catholic Empire. (laughs) That was the whole thing. The best story, if if we can go on a total tangent, because I do love stories from Crusader Kings 3. The best story was, there was this woman named Sertia, who was a known fornicator, which is against (laughs) the religion of my kingdom. So it said I could imprison her without being viewed as a tyrant. But I didn't have a good chance of doing it without her getting away, so I didn't do it. And then eventually, another leader I knew, it popped up, that they were caught adultering out of their marriage with Sertia, the known fornicator. So I threw Sertia in jail, and a few months later, 
he sends me a letter and he's like, hey, can you please let Saoirse out of jail? She's important to me. And I said, no, sorry, known fornicator. And then like five months later, I get another letter and he's like, okay, well, you can please, can you please let this person out of jail? Because they're important to me. And it's a zero year old baby. And it takes me a second to be like, oh my God, she was pregnant and had their baby in jail. Oh my <laughs> God. A baby in jail for almost a year. <laughs> so horrible. Oh, that game is awesome. Oh, Crazy good. stuff happens to Crusader King's baby. I'm so happy that, yeah, both you and Anna have played that game so we can talk about it for like the game of the year discussions. It seems like an important one. Um, thank God you guys are smart. Uh, Victor <laughs> Fam writes in and says, what game genres still feel underserved in the current gaming landscape? For me, it's stylish action games like DMC5. We maybe get one or two a year, but we hardly see any games of that nature, especially in the indie space. Yeah, I love this question. It's, it's like those big, obvious genres that just aren't being catered to. And I would have said like monster collecting, just with the success of Pokemon versus the amount of clones. Ooh. But then this year they have like Temtem, Monster Crown, which we talked about on the podcast. It feels like there's Ooblitz. been a number of... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Ooblets, yeah. But I just realized it's it's The Sims. It's There's no yeah. Sims clone. There's no city skylines mm-hmm. to The Sims. And it is insane with how well that series has sold. And also, like, I think Sims 4 is in a good place now, but over the last five years, it's had a rocky bump. And it seems like it was tailor-made for an indie studio to be like, whoop, we're the cool Sims now. Uh, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. I've never even seen a Sims clone. Have you? That's interesting. RimWorld is not far off. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's an interesting point. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but then very selfishly, um, I want more competitive puzzle games because it has been the genre of choice for me this summer. I've gotten so into it and there's not really that many new ones. Um, Chris Logan writes in and says, hey, been in the horts. Yes, hello. Streaming is the new normal for TV shows, that's clear. But what is still up in the air is how episodes are released, either all at once or once a week. Personally, I prefer weekly, as this makes it easier to discuss with friends on the internet at large, but the moderate backlash to the new season of The Boys leads me to believe that I may be in the minority. What is the official min-max stance on episode (laughs) release window structure? Weekly. Weekly, I like weekly, too. You get I have no self control. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when you binge stuff, it's all a blur. It's fun yeah. to be able to soak in that stuff every single yeah. week and talk about right. it and anticipate things. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Theories and if you remember theories, no. yeah, remember those? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, looking it's forward. better for journalists too. <laughs> that is a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, we can do more max more spoilers for Mandalorian, which. Uh, Ross, Star Wars guy fun, seems excited about doing max spoilers for season two of Mandalorian, so it should be fun to jump back on that one. Um, Kate Mead writes in, uh, OG Farmville has been shut down. I'm sorry, everybody. Flash games are officially unsupported at the end of the year. Have any of you loved a game that has gone defunct? Will we ever see a change in the law to allow for larger scale preservation of media or is it just a necessary reality of ownership copyright? Uh, That'd be interesting if there was a law that you have to preserve all media. Yeah, in terms great. of this, like stuff that goes defunct, I really missed the first wave of iPod Nano games. Like, you know, Peggle was on there, which is great, but then there was mm. Phase from Harmonix, which is kind of in that amplitude frequency vein. That was a really cool game that just is not existing anymore. And I feel like if I stopped people on the street and tried to bring up Phase from Harmonix, no one would know what I was talking about. It just does not exist. Um, um, isn't there an issue right now with like flash games are going away? Cause like flash is not being supported. Yeah. Anymore? So that's what gave me. Yeah. So yeah. End of the year flash yeah. games are going offline. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's just all of those. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was talking to uh, Kelsey Lewin, a friend of the show, because um, I was like, what's your take on this? Like, do you think, you know, like people are doing a good job of preserving these? And she said that people are generally doing a good job. And that's why, like, a lot of people are focused on preserving the games themselves. And that's why Video Game History Foundation does, like, the materials around games. Because, like, right. they, they're not, like, technically in games preservation. So I hope, it seems like there are enough people who care that we won't completely lose a lot of these really important artifacts, I guess. Yeah. Um, RIP Club Penguin. Oh. Um, it was just bought by Disney and run into the ground and then uh, remade by fans, like Carbon Copy, and then it got shut down because, you know, Disney owns the IP. Um, I, I bet. I would put money if I was a gambling man, and I'll become one after this podcast airs. Uh, that the next seven years, Disney will start a show called Club Penguin. It's a great name for some stupid Disney XD show, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And that seems like a, the right way to leverage that hot penguin IP. Yeah. No, I think there's enough there. And actually, I, I should have put that on the list of things to be desired. Club Penguin reboot. But that's more like I want something. It's not really something to re-release. It's something I just want back. But... um. I miss, yeah, I'm going to miss a lot of, like, the Flash um, MMOs. Yeah, yeah. For me, Maple Story 2. Mm. They took it down? Really? It's gone. It's, yeah. yeah. What? It. it just it was yeah. released. <laughs> wow. Yeah, devastated by that one. I wish there was, I could still just hop in in single player and just, like, run around and feel it. I feel that... those feelings. I still have some clips for it, and there was one where it's, like, we're playing this mashup of because <laughs> you can play music in the game off of midi charts yeah that you can put in and i was playing cold plays clocks <laughs> while my friend was on the like saxophone while my friend was playing uh yakety sax on his uh piano and it was a little mashup and we played it for a minute and it was horrible and, <laughs> and we stopped and we ended and it said musician leveled up Performer leveled up. <laughs> we had, like leveled up my main character account and got to like pick new perk points from playing Coldplay clocks on the street. It <laughs> was like nothing else, and I miss it dearly. So sad. I love the. Uh, there's got to be a fun list of games where the originals have outlived the sequels. Like, mm. is EverQuest two still online? I doubt it, but EverQuest one is right. Let's see. EverQuest one is for sure. Is there an? Am I making this up? Is there an EverQuest three? D. 3D? Well, there was like that weird EverQuest Next and all that stuff. Uh, but let's see. The EverQuest 2 official site. Oh, I know. I think this is still up and running. It's screaming at us to play for free. That's amazing. <laughs> all right. What do you think is the last tweet that the EverQuest 2 account sent? Um, I don't need to guess because I'm looking it up right now. Okay, uh, well, before Anna reads it, um, the last tweet is September 28th, two days ago, saying all EverQuest 2 servers will be brought offline on Tuesday, oh. September 29th, Whoa, 2020. But hang on, I guess it's just for a two-hour window. Okay, so it, oh. is, it is still up and running. <laughs> you really buried the lead. I know, that would have been awesome if it was exactly the thing shutting down. Um, okay, uh, Jonathan Den has a question for you, Jill. Have you heard or seen the trailer for Black Myth Wukong? I don't remember if this was discussed on the show beforehand. Anyways, it was a game that was revealed this late August with a surprise trailer drop. It is far from released, but my question is this. Oh, by the way, that it seems like it's based on like Odyssey of the West, Journey to the West, 
Journey to the West. Journey to the West. Um, the Chinese myth uh, that was also the basis for Enslaved and Dragon Ball, all that fun stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. With the success, everything fun. Dragon Ball and Enslaved. Uh, with the success of Ghost of Tsushima and the positive reception the game has gotten from the internet, could we see a resurgence of AAA games using non-Western mythology slash cultures as backdrops? I would love more games like Jade Empire and Ghost of Tsushima being made. Good question. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey? But that's and kind of a Hell. Western mythology, I think, is their idea here. They're talking about oh, more Eastern stuff. I don't know stuff. what that means. <laughs> East versus West. You know what that weird cardinal direction delineation that makes no sense well it's always confusing it's like wait (laughs) japan's to the west but i guess it's the far east because it was europe it's it's all wacky it's all construct oh my goodness yeah exactly Mm -hmm. there's no west in space um jill (laughs) what do you think about this uh uh, as a history nerd i'm really happy that games are treading in that arena i don't i don't know if eastern mythology is like particularly getting that much of a bump i think it's always sort of been there yeah Uh, i think history and mythology in general is getting a bump and therefore we're seeing more of these um because journey to the west has been like done and redone and done in a lot of different media yeah um i think I think Black Myth, the the trailer came out and it was such a big uh, out of nowhere. We have no idea who these indie developers are. This looks absolutely amazing sort of situation that it got a lot of uh, press and a lot of eyes on it that normally wouldn't probably have seen it. Right, right. Yeah, there was just a Journey to the West movie recently, wasn't there? No, 2014. It was a Stephen Chow movie, though. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. The Shaolin soccer guy. Like in my head... I remember there was a game called Unruly Heroes, and uh, who I talked to the developers of. It was a Nindy, um, little Nindy. That was also little Nindy. Um, that was also Journey to the West. So there's there's a lot from that. Yeah, uh, I really love the RTS Age of Mythology. I probably talk about it way too much. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And so that game was Egypt, uh, Greece, and Scandinavian mythology, and those are your three oh, starters. Yeah. Then they were making an expansion. The Rise of the Titans expansion. It's like, oh my God, they're going to add a new mythology. And your mind was reeling about what this mythology could be. Like, oh my God, imagine them like tackling like, you know, Sioux mythology. It'd be so cool. There's so many options. And they added the Atlanteans. Like they just created a new people and created a made up mythology. Like this sucks. Like when you have the whole world to choose from, you just make one up, which is just repurposing some of the Greek gods. It was a mess. I'm still angry about it. Uh, Sean Burke writes in and says, Jurassic Park. Let's assume for a second, this becomes a reality. Knowing how every one of the movies ends up points to it being a bad idea. Would you still want to go to Jurassic Park? Do you think it would be super popular even with the chance of catastrophic results? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Would it be popular? Yes. Would I want to go? No way. You wouldn't. I probably not. I think we trust ourselves to roller coasters and stuff. Yes, everybody would make Jurassic Park jokes, but this place, if they literally even called it Jurassic Park, I think it would be like locked the F down just to avoid lawyers like uh, De Niro. You know, they'd have like the T-Rex. They're acting like Disney won't own it. (laughs) I guess, yeah, Disney would own it. Yeah. So, I mean, so I think it'd be safe. 
I, I think they'd have the T-Rex like sedated and like that's what held they say down. every movie. Yeah, that's a <laughs> movie. I think in real life they could totally contain it. They're so stupid. Like in Lost World, like we're going to make an arena and put the T-Rex in the middle of it. What can go wrong? It's like, what are you idiots doing? <laughs> yeah. So you would go too, Leo? I don't know if I'd go, but I wouldn't be worried about safety. I don't think necessarily no. those movies are exactly what would happen. Right. Where... What would be the state to to host it? Which state has like the most Jurassic Park energy? I feel like Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that's where it's filmed. Um, I mean, what is it in Lost World? Oh my god, North Florida. It would be very funny to be in Florida. <laughs> yeah, but I guess Disney World is there, so that's not that creative. Yeah, I I could see it being Florida, or, or like mm-hmm. it'd be cool if it was like you know just put it in Wyoming or something. Yeah. I uh. Mm. I you know went on vacation and visited the Badlands and Black Hills in South Dakota, and they have like uh, at Custer State Park they have a thing called Wildlife Loop where he's like all right here's a big road and there's a bunch of crazy animals in there see if you can find it and it was like the most drastic experience I've had in a long time it was so much fun because you're just driving in your car like looking knowing that there's just a crap ton of buffalo somewhere there's gonna be goats everywhere they promised that bears would you know jump on top of your car like the way that they hyped it up <laughs> made it seem so exciting and then. He's like, okay, well, do they in fact have dinosaurs in this dinosaur park? Because you're like squinting to kind of see a buffalo on the horizon. Mm. But then eventually there were like 17 on the road, so it was cool. Uh, ben, yes. okay, um, I'm going to, if you liked that, you should go to Florida and you should go, like they have this thing called like Wild Country Safari. Ooh. And like you drive through and like all the zoo animals are just walking around and you just like drive through. And really? I used to go to this as a kid because I grew up in South Florida um, and like didn't think twice about it. I thought it was completely normal. Like what's the weirdest <laughs> just animal? Florida, just classic Florida. Hmm? What's like the weirdest animal that can be right up to your car? I, like... I don't know, like zebras would come up to your car. That's cool. Um, which are a little tamer. Um, but they would have like wild cats out. Um, yeah. So. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, yeah. All right, I'll go to Florida if you insist. Are they open yeah. right now? I bet they, it's Florida. Of course all they're right, open. I'm coming down. <laughs> uh, Matt Sayer has an interesting question saying, with Xbox emphasizing backwards compatibility going into next gen and the preponderance of remakes and remasters we've had in recent years, do you see there being more discourse around older games rather than just the latest and greatest titles? I could see it happening if one pops up on Game Pass and enters the consciousness that way. Right. Or if they just, if they continue to add stuff, like I think they've stopped making these announcements or at least it's not headlines anymore, but just the idea of like, Oh, now this game is backwards compatibility, backwards compatible. Come play crimson skies. Everybody like those types of fun flashpoints. Everybody can jump back to this game, but I guess game pass is the new version of that. I think so. Yeah. I, I hope there is, you know, especially if you're buying that Xbox. I mean, I hear that, it spans thousands of games across four generations. It's the place, place to play, everybody. Um, yeah, it's always felt like a movies get to live longer than games do, even though games can take mm-hmm. so many more people and so many more hours in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. To yeah. Make. So I'd love to see some way that, that, that we kind of continue to celebrate games that have passed. Yeah, absolutely. Cree McGee writes in and says, What's up, CLCs? I can tell by your appreciation of Honeycomb Havoc, the other week that you all are terrible game music aficionados. So let's put that to the test. Below, I have linked some game music that seems impossibly bad. Make your best guess 
as to which game the song is from <laughs> and I'm rate excited. it from one to ten. All right. Uh, let's see how this goes. Uh, Are we Kree. buzzing in with our names? Agree. Uh, they could just, let's just try and guess. Okay, so let's see if we can feel this song together. I knew this one. This is so good. Uh, this is the battle theme to a game on the 360. This is the singer from Deep Purple. <laughs> Any guess what this is from? And the organist. <laughs> <laughs> Any guesses? No. Come clue. on, you guys. It's Blue Dragon. Yeah, it's the most Blue Dragon song imaginable. <laughs> I love that. Okay, this one, I have never heard this crap. Oh, oh, wait, I know it. This is not an old game. I mean, 2006. This isn't a character speaking. This is gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> More than the music is? Yeah, yeah. Because it is so, it's so distinct, like... <gasps> it's insane. I've never heard this. What is it? This is... Twilight Battle from Twilight Princess. Yes, 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 yes. Oh yes. my god. <laughs> Alright. Uh, the music in Breath of the Wild is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this is a stage theme on the NES. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, it sounds like a Go Team song. Feels like I'm in a stadium. This is unbelievable. That is 1942, the NES stage theme. Oh, I love this. Um, oh, this is an ad for Stadia. That doesn't count. Um, but okay, this next one is a GameCube game. This fits. Damn, who's got a freestyle over this? <laughs> Take it away, Jill! Oh, if only JP were here. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, former intern. Damn. He was great. This is the pause music for Wario World. I was going to say Wario. <laughs> oh, you should have, man. All I right. should have been wrong. This is a Genesis game, so you know it's going to have great music. Fine. Yeah, this is dirty. You know? Any guesses? To the, to the, even the franchise? You can Sonic. guess. Oh, good job! Be... Sonic Spinball Menu Music, oh, apparently. Nice. nice. Alright, this is a classic. Oh, yeah. What's that? Isn't it supposed to be bad music? I think we lost the thread here. Yeah, this is too good. Crazy Taxi. You know what that's from, Leo? Is it Crazy Taxi? No, that is Marvel vs. Capcom 2. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> that's uh, good. All right, do you want an older one or a newer one for the last one? <laughs> Crazy Taxi would have been on the nose, I guess. Older. 
All right, this is an NES game. That's major day, has it? You actually started playing the latest party single. <laughs> it sounds like fresh. if you're like I used to work. Uh, I used to work in a tech museum where little kids could make sounds oh, synthetically, no. <laughs> and that's what that sounds like: is a 500 five-year-olds poking. <laughs> it actually is. Yeah, it's labeled that on YouTube: 500 five-year-olds from Jill's past <laughs> trying to recreate the Simpsons theme. I guess no. This is the Adventures of Red Gravity, the title theme. Okay, the last oh, one here. I'm very that. curious about this. Is a 3DS game. This seems in your wheelhouse. Any idea? This feels like an Ana game. Uh, yeah, it sounds like an Ana game. <laughs> <laughs> this is inside your head as you're strapping on your P Pikachu costume every Halloween. <laughs> um, oh, wait. Oh, sh. Ooh, okay. If you got bongos, who do you got? Yeah, bongos. Classic video game riddle. Of I think of Donkey Kong with bongos, but there's no Ooh, you're right. 3DS. That is tricky. Um, this is Yoshi's New Island, apparently. Oh. Uh, Very good stuff. Thank you, Kareem Agree, for sending all those fun tracks. Um, all right. Favorite question of the week. What do y'all like? What made the show better? I, there's not even a question here, but I think the most helpful question that was submitted if you want to call it that was uh, Joshua Caleb just talking about the weird year that we've had going from mm. Animal Crossing to Fall Guys to you know because that led to all the TikTok stuff like it was the greatest yeah. generation or like yeah. the, you know greatest conversation generator of the batch Jill how are you feeling as our guest of honor yeah I like that one that was good great there we go Joshua Caleb thank you so much for submitting a comment on patreon.com slash room next two ends and I made it will ship out the donut county soundtrack and now it's time for something called get a load of this Leo Flores, dude okay uh I may have forgotten a little bit until it was a little too late to get a good one yep. I do have one please and you just wait. Do you want me to play the Yoshi's I New Island music until we can pull it up here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's just go back to the old gym. You let us know when you're ready, Leo. Ready. It's going to be worth the wait. Okay. These bongos are ready too, boy. All right. Take it away, Leo. Uh, what I have today is a little video. I want to boost. It's only got a thousand views, so yeah. I want to make sure we get it up there. 
but it's called Mom Hits Dad in the Nuts. <laughs> and it's a video from the first person perspective of the dad. Uh-huh. It's the mom and their adorable child and their dog in the yard. Uh, the wiffle ball is on a tee and it is struck by the mom and it is like 3D getting hit in the groin yourself. Uh-huh. It is really visceral video to watch. So if you're curious what it would be like to get hit in the nuts, I'd say give this video a click. Yeah, the link's below. <laughs> That's really great. Leo, I don't want to say you're obsessed with something, but you seem obsessed <laughs> with getting hit in the nuts. Like maybe just, I just listened it's to... It's called the personal brand, Anson. I see. Like I think it was on your MinFax. You're talking about how you used to punch yourself in the nards to get a reaction from people when you were <laughs> young. Yeah, when I was very, very young. Yeah, I think there was a good few years off, and then it I really had a big resurgence, and it's been very exciting for fans. <laughs> Did you always like that Simpsons joke where the football hits the guy in the groin at the film oh, festival? Oh, absolute classic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, all right. Well, hey, we're getting a load of that. Great choice, Leo. Uh, Jill, do you have one for us? I do. Get a load of this. Um I am a huge fan of this weird thing called baseball. Baseball. Um, oh, baseball is thank great. you. Some, yeah. Every time I say we, that, we I'm really, like 50 50. I'm, I'm surprised that we actually haven't talked about baseball and then Max. Baseball so good. Yeah. We're going to. Um, so I just saw that the, the, the game right now is on Siesta. So I've been kind of missing it. But I saw that one of the creators did an interview with NPR. <laughs> And That's I just amazing. It was the most bizarre thing to see. So it was a good interview and everything. It was just that moment of realizing. So Blaseball, yeah. for Hanson, who seems Please. very confused. So confused. Um, oh, Hanson, we got to get a Min Max Blaseball League. Come yeah, on. Blaseball? Um, it's familiar. baseball with an L, Blaseball. Oh, then no, it's I don't know. It's essentially, to me, it's a D&D internet-wide D&D game gone off the rails completely in the structure of baseball. What? Does that sound about right? It's an yeah. absurdist yeah. It's, um, yeah. kind of thing. So where it's just the, like, you can start talking baseball, but then it's like, uh, but then the fairy no, drank all the lemonade, I mean, or whatever D&D like, is about. No, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, um, it's a browser game, so you just open a web browser, sign up, and pick your team, and go. It's centered around watching uh, your team and betting on teams winning and all of that. So it's sort of a fantasy league thing. But the real meat of what's happening is like in the background, there's like lore happening. There are gods that have given the earth lace ball. There are (laughs) rifts opening up in the planar shifts happening. That's fun. Uh, Your players get incinerated on a regular basis. Like there's... A peanut god who's very upset with people. Mm-hmm. You have to idolize uh, certain people. Like, there's just a lot going on in every yeah. single um, season is a week. Uh, every single day on the hour, every hour is a game going. And there's just something happening. And every single end of the season, there's an election where the gods oh. bless your team with different decrees and different blessings. So this is the mythology you'd like more games to tackle is the baseball mythology? It's oh, it's so good. That Please seems, check it out if yeah. you are at it's all. It's like a if, fandom run baseball simulator, yeah. um, and it is very well done because the fans are very. Con- 
very organized. I yeah. love that. I mean, last season, I think they committed foul necromancy to get one of their prized players back in the gods. <laughs> Uh, have attacked <laughs> back. You're never quite sure what the next season's going to look like because they yeah. add on these new things, and That's yeah. it gets fun. more and more wild as you go on. Yeah. And if you're not a if you're not a sports fan, check this out because I'm definitely not a sports person. Right. That's not what this game is. Huh. That is just the like outer shell that everything kind of fits inside. Right. Right. That is wild. Uh. Hey, get a load of this. Um. Xbox uploaded this video that they framed as a podcast where it's uh, Todd Howard talking to Phil Spencer and uh, just talking about the Bethesda acquisition. This was, they uploaded it last week. Um, But in it, Todd Howard is talking about bringing Morrowind to Xbox and he just drops this little factoid that was so bizarre where he said, he's like, yeah, I remember this. I don't know, should I do a Todd Howard impersonation? I don't think I should. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. You can I do remember it. The- uh, no, it was, uh, he said he remembers this old trick for Morrowind on the original Xbox where during load screens and Morrowind certainly had some of those, they would actually reboot the original Xbox and it was imperceptible to the players. But apparently there was a way to completely restart and reboot the original Xbox and just, you would not know it. It was happening technically during load screens. And so I was so fascinated by how this is possible. I messaged Dan Teasdale, friend of the show, who's a programmer for the original destroy all humans, just asking like, how is this possible? And he said, Oh yeah, you could do lots of fun stuff with the video output on the original Xbox. One related thing was that you could tell the console to not clear the screen after the Xbox logo shows up. So you could do your own intro sequence that appears to happen over the boot sequence. He says, there's a bunch of ways that could have been done with Morrowind, and it's been a long time, but there's ways you could boot a new game from an old game without the console presenting any signs it was doing so. Kind of similar to how games with separate multiplayer and single player do the same thing today. That's cool. Weird technical tidbit. Uh, Anna, what do you got? Um, so I don't know if I'm just like late on the trend here. Impossible. Uh, but I found this little video on YouTube. It has almost 5 million views. And uh, it is called, uh, I'm just going to read the title here, uh, 1,000 T-Rex versus 80,000 Chickens Ultimate Battle Simulator. Um, <laughs> and it's just a game? video simulating a battle between 1,000 T-Rexes and 80,000 uh, chickens. Um, and it's from, it's like changing perspectives. We start off the battle... And it's 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 twenty five minutes long. <laughs> Start off the battle <laughs> from the perspective of the chicken, um, and then we sort of get like a zoom out. We get like an overhead, um, and uh, you have to you have to watch to find out. Uh, which, you you which can't one. do that to us, Anna. Who wins? You really? I do want to know. To Wait, no, it. don't tell. Okay, oh, Mew, I want Mew, Mew, have that. Mew. Earmuffs if you don't want to know yep. uh, who wins. Okay. The T-Rexes win. Hell yeah. Makes I mean, sense. maybe I like chickens. Um, yeah, but it did get me thinking, how many chickens would it take? Oh, to bring down 1,000 mm-hmm. T-Rexes? Yeah. I mean, if Zelda is any indication, not a lot. Right. I think like four mean chickens <laughs> could probably take them all out. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, how many meteors are in this scenario? Because that could no. change that. Oh, uh, like Zero, the chickens can summon... The meteors, yeah. Yeah. Did you know, Leo, that the dinosaurs died from the meteors because they there was like the perfect number of meteors that hit the earth and they all hit the dinosaurs right in the head? 
So it's like they're yeah. all getting shot in the skull <laughs> and they're all just taken out. Just a bunch of coconut-sized meteors that knocked <laughs> yeah. them all out. Yep. And they all lost their memory of how to eat as dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, we pull a get a little of this from the community in the Discord every single week. Uh, this week, Dory submitted one, Dory THPS. Um, and it's a tweet from Grant Kirkhope, who composed the outro music for the Mimax show, friend of the show. And Grant Kirkhope tweeted, I was reading that Brie Larson got turned down for lots of big roles before getting Captain Marvel. I think it's just the way it goes. You just have to forget it and get on with the next one. Before I got the job at Rare, Argonaut, Software Creations, Eurocom, and somewhere else turned me down. And since leaving Rare, I got turned down by Rockstar, Microsoft, Valve twice, Riot, Sledgehammer, and a couple more that I'm blanking on. So don't get down about failing. Everyone fails all the time. Pick yourself up and go for it. That's nice. Nice message. Wow. I think that's, that's Rockstar. Fun. Yeah, like the Grant Kirkhope Rockstar game or the Valve game twice. Like I know in that final hours of Half-Life Alex, they talk about kind of like a more lighthearted kitty VR game they were making. I wonder if maybe that's what Grant Kirkhope was doing or maybe it's just we shouldn't pigeonhole Grant Kirkhope as the Banjo-Kazooie guy, you know? I mean, he composed the yeah. Kingdoms of Amalur. He clearly has a lot of range. But um, yeah, I was just thinking about like it's nice to be open with not getting jobs like i was turned down for several jobs you know like i applied to work at polygon i think it's for like simone's position i did not get that i applied to work at giant bomb years ago i did not get that uh there's plenty of you know applications throughout the years that did not yeah, go well yeah. polygon basically being a me. freelancer is oh sorry go ahead leo I was just going to say, Polygon also never got back to me. Giant Bomb, I got to the point of like interviewing and talking to people, but didn't get it. Yeah. How'd that interview go? I was very nervous. Yeah. But might have gone okay. Were you like, you seem like a guy who, when you're nervous, you get quieter. I think I get louder when I'm nervous. Yeah. Definitely get quieter. If we want, if I want to tell the whole story. Sure. Um, so that was after my games are dumb for kids days. Uh, they said they had watched a few of those videos and I collaborated with Joe Buckles on that. He had said before the interview, Hey, you can take credit for anything, like anything that would help. You just, you can just say you did it. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and, and he did all the effects and Vinny asked who did the effects on that video, which was, you know, whichever one we were talking about. And I said, me, at a panic moment. And there was a little lull there. And I think he knew because in the credits, it said Joe did it. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder how much that screwed me looking like a big liar. That's hilarious. Oh, like Vinny is one of my favorite people ever in life. And also just listening to a podcast, the idea of like disappointing Vinny would be like disappointing a thousand fathers in one. It's kept me up at night. No doubt. (laughs) Oh my God. That's terrifying. (laughs) <laughs> uh, sorry jill you're talking about freelance world uh just that like being a freelancer is a study and fail and being turned down and being uh i mean even as an intern i remember one of your questions for going out was like how many of your ideas like actually make it like what percentage and i was like 0.0001 yeah it's just like you just throw things against the wall and hope it sticks and like there's really that is the path like that's not failing that is going in the right direction so like that's a great message like failure is not a bad thing yeah well that's nice if we can leave you with one thing it's that failure is not a bad thing um jill (laughs) anything you'd like to plug uh catch me over screen rant uh gaming news i love 
games, and I hope everyone does too. So come over and check out what I think about things that are happening. That sounds very good. Um, I will plug our Patreon exclusive podcast, Min Facts with Kyle, where he talks about his new job, uh, you know, what he thinks about it, what he's learning, all that fun stuff. And it's also just a great time to talk to the community for several hours. And thanks to everybody that called in at that Min Max Council tier. And we have an episode of Better Quest. On Monday, by the way, which is another call-in show. This is the one with Jeff Cork, uh, where we set personal goals. We'll be setting personal goals for October. So if you want to set a personal goal or just talk to Jeff Cork and I, you can jump up to that MinMax Council tier and call in on Monday, October 5th at 6 p.m. Central. Leo, do you have something to plug? Oh, I was just going to say Watch Dogs Legion Watch Later will be up now or soon for patrons and then this Friday for everybody else. And that'll be fun. But I mostly wanted to say, having that quote at the end about failure not being a bad thing, full circle with the roguelike conversation earlier, I think that oh. was just brilliant. Just a brilliant Yeah, move. Thanks, That man. was planned. That was definitely planned. Very <laughs> smart. Yeah, very smart podcast structure. Anna, do you have something to plug? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Pocachi, um, C-H-E-E. Um, and then I, I feel like I should announce that we, <laughs> we had some difficulties. I was very stressed. <laughs> Um, it's been a hard week, y'all. Um, we will not be having a refresh this week. Um, but I am working super duper hard to email as many people as possible. Um, so that I can really just like, you know, get some great guests for y'all. Um, so you think it next week when we'll just mm -hmm. shake up the cycle and go for a refresh next week? Yeah. Okay. I think that sounds good. That works. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and thanks to the following Patreon supporters for their generous support of MinMax at the $50 tier. You can get on this list, too, if you support us at that level. Uh, thanks to the Bambox, Rob Hudak, I Made Bitch, or Hello, Mirko, Rico Torreno, Tyler Thorny, Zachary Pluggy, Rebecca Lang, Beaten Down Brian, Brian with a Y, Ian T. Clark, Mark Seliga, Captain Stubbs One, Ludwig Roque, Andrew Valla, Chris, Jesse Vitelli, Thomas Hoster, Snake24, Yara, William Garcia, Spiral in Your Eyes, Richard Smuts, JT Fell, Spider Dan, Steve Bamdad, and Alex Payne. Thank you so much, everybody. Be good, have fun, let's go. Let's go.